Blog Talk Radio. Hello, good evening. Welcome to Ladies' Night Paintball Radio. Yeah, she just got on. Welcome to Ladies' Night Paintball Radio. Tonight is Sunday, June 17th, and it is Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to all of you dads out there. And also happy Father's Day to all of you paintball guys who might not realize that you are father figures to some of the kids out there on the field. So happy Father's Day to everyone. And um, that's actually an interesting topic, talking about players and kids out on the field, because we are going to talk about that a little bit this evening. But tonight is our paintball photographer's edition. So we are going to be talking with some of the paintball greats, the people who are out there um, putting themselves on the line to bring us pictures of us looking really good out there. So one of the hottest things people are always waiting after a game. I mean, game is over and they're already asking the photographers for um, their pictures. When when are your pictures going to be up? So we are definitely going to chat with our photographers, the real MVPs of the game. Oh, good evening, Sharon. I see you are here. Uh Uh-oh, it says that you might have just dropped. So I see I have an area code 630. Who's this? Kristen. Hi, love. How are you? I'm good. Are you with your daddy? I mean, I'm always teasing your mom that she bred a paintball team, but I mean, Dad's around. Where's Jeremy? He is... He just got here. Well, make sure to wish him a very happy Father's Day. I can't wait to talk to him in a minute. We um, have a lot to chat about. What did you all do today? Oh, I was at my dad's house for the majority of the day, but today we're doing... Right now, we're having a grill out. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for being here with us. I really appreciate it. I know everyone does. Hey, Sharon, I see that you're back on. How are you? Not doing too bad. As she said, we got a bunch of kids here. We were doing fireworks. We set up a little pool. A lot of kids. I feel like you always have a lot of kids. Yeah, that's normal. So, um, well, hi, and happy Father's Day to Jeremy, and um, we've got some callers on the line. We are changing things up a little bit because there were some hot topics that came up in the past few days in one of the paintball chat rooms, so we will be talking about that along with our um, photographers tonight. So just a little bit of a change um, in our lineup. So area code, I want to just introduce some people we have on hold right now. Area code 501, who's this? Ben. Hi, Ben Painter. How are you? Thanks for calling us. 
I'm blocked from Facebook, so I'm feeling pretty good right now. Well, um, thank you for joining us. I'm waiting. I, I'm hoping Archangel Michael is on the line, and I Sharon and Jeremy's around. Definitely need uh, Jeremy. Area code two zero five. Who's this? That is Archangel Michael of Pyrotech Videos. How are we today, Celine? Hi, I am great. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Happy Father's Day to you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And let's see, I've got Nick Squirrel on. So before we get started, I've kind of said a little bit about it. I will get into it in a second. Um, I want to preface this by saying Ladies Night Paintball Radio has always been about women and our voice in the sport, while at the same time, um, you know, obviously we want to talk to and know what's going on with the guys in the sport. So um, as the women, one of the questions that comes up for us all the time and that we talk about regularly here is who is responsible for the kids at the field and um, what we do with kids and at what age it's appropriate to bring children. So this is a topic that we toss around a lot here. So I want to say thank you to Ben and to Archangel for joining us this evening before we get into the paintball photographers part of the night because this week in one of the online chat rooms, there was a question about whether or not kids belong on the paintball field and also in the industry. So I guess, you know, I was starting to ask, Michael, if he found it, I could just go to David Johnson's page and we could go and start with the questions that he posed unless you will be, um, I'm sorry, I just got invited to a concert, unless you were able to find the post, but I'm going to pull it up very quickly from Reaper's page, but to give I mean, basically, that's the gist of what happened, though. It, it, the question was, do kids belong in paintball? So um, the reason that the, Ben and Archangel have joined us is they were two of the main voices that were driving the conversation on each of the pages. So, um, gentlemen, thank you. If you would tell everybody who you are, we can start with Ben, if you'll tell everybody what teams you're with and where you're calling from. Uh, ben from uh, Gastonia, North Carolina. Well, actually, Bessemer City is like a little white trash town. But uh, I'm on BTA, home state, and I travel out of state with road dogs. Pretty much it. Uh, <laughs> Well, thank you again uh, for joining us. And, yes, you heard Road Dogs there. Um, as many of you have heard, when I'm traveling, I am playing out of state. I've been traveling with Road Dogs. So this is a conversation that hits very near and dear with the people who um, are on our panel tonight. So, um, And Archangel Michael, will you please introduce yourself to everybody? Absolutely. I'm uh, Archangel Michael out of Birmingham, Alabama. I'm captain for Phantom Regiment Paintball. Uh, we're a long-running scenario team here in the state. We've been around, I think we're celebrating our 30th anniversary this year, so we've been around a good long time. Um, I host Pirate Tech videos, and I've been going all over the 
the eastern half of the United States for a couple of years now for scenario events, uh, and have been playing for about 25 years. Well, thank you, and thank you for bringing your expertise um, with the sport to us this evening. So I no, no, have no the original post on David Justin's page, um, which is not the actual original post where it all started, but this was the public question. And so it says, right. okay, I just saw something on a post that he had never thought about. Question one, is our thing an adult game that we let children play? And question two, would our sport survive without kids and their parents? So which of you would like to go first? I guess I should start with Ben because, you know what, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to delegate here. Ben, <laughs> okay. is well, an adult well, let me let me let me start off before you before you ask that question. Um, the original thing wasn't do kids belong in our sport. It was should our sport be centered around kids and then the adults second. And that that's what started the debate. You know, they're, they're saying you know, basically it was brought up that it's a kids game that everything is kids first, kids, 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 and then the adults are just allowed to play alongside them. That was what started the debate. It wasn't it wasn't whether or not hey, let's not have kids play, because everybody agrees that kids like, at a certain age should be out on the field. They should be out there Absolutely. playing. You know, without without kids out there playing, you know, what do we have? We have a bunch of adults, and then we all, like, after several years, die off. But it was not It was never, hey, let's ban kids from being on the field. It was, it was never like that. But that being said. That would be correct. That's the original posting. Yeah. Uh, it was also, it was also posted on somebody's. Like, it, was, it was the original post wasn't even about kids. It was about some other junk that like a couple of us memed out, and then it got turned around, and twisted, and then Reaper got on there and said something about kids, and then it went out of control from there. Um, but still, it was a question. Yes, it did get a little bit out of control, and it got shared in several arenas. But it was still a valid question one that really hits home, especially for this show, with our focus and the question of even can the sport survive without children had a big audience. I mean, there were a lot of people who were replying to it, and it didn't matter what page it was on or what group this was in. There were plenty of replies on both sides, which was actually the interesting, the most interesting part of it. It wasn't just an obvious, blatant yes, this is how it is, and this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. There was a real back and forth, almost 50-50, of where people stood on this. So um, Archangel Michael, you came in with a shared point of view to what Ben was saying, but at the same time also challenged parts of it. That's right. Uh, I took the perspective one of the things we needed to look at was how do we divide paintball like i look at at recreational play as something that really should be kid centered you know if you're going to a walk-on field on like a typical weekend where it's birthday parties and children you don't need to bring overly adult themes and attitudes and mentality to the playing field but event paintball whether it's speedball or scenario or whatever it is that's a distinctively different level of paintball and i feel like that should be themed more towards 
the predominant market, which is the adults. Now, kids should be welcome. And at no point in time do I feel like we should exclude children. But that being said, while children are welcome, the event shouldn't be themed for them. And the way people behave doesn't need to be themed specifically for children. You know, I go to an event, this is vacation time for me, and I'm looking to be able to relax, unwind, and, you know, not have to be not have to hold back the whole time because I'm worried about upsetting somebody as not the children even so much as upsetting the parents of a child. Okay, and I agree with you and I agree with both of you in so many ways, which is why this was so fascinating because I couldn't even really pick one side over the other because both were valid points. I have taken my own child to events. I have taken my child to our local rec park. Um, I have seen the other kids at our local rec parks and also just the way that we in Miami are, from what I'm hearing, are actually very fortunate to have. We have a unique setup for our paintball fields here. And until this topic came up, I was really kind of put off by the way it's set up. Geographically, where I am, there's four paintball fields. One of them is, I would say, 90% of the use is just for speedball training. That's where teams go. It's very close. Kids can go there, but um, you aren't going to take your kids there and want to have a birthday party. Then there is the right. field where I call home, and it's meant for kids. It's meant for professionals. We have D3, D4. Um, teams that are training there. We have travel scenario teams that play there, and we have tons of birthday parties that are there. And then we have two facilities that are just for birthday parties. If you're an actual paintball player, you're not going to go there. Um, I showed up in my year one day ready to go play, and it was both of these places are um, like Chuck E. Cheese-style paintball facilities. And I really never understood their place until – this conversation started. So what I thought right. was silly is a perfect mix. Um, you know, I have camped at events. I have stayed at hotels at events. And camp life is different hotel life, but still, I mean, it's um, everything about staying overnight at a paintball party reminds me of, well, kind of a fraternity party for the weekend. So while you can bring a Very child... Um, you know, to an event, and yes, you can prepare your child for what they're going to see. If you don't like your kids seeing PG-13 movies, paintball events are definitely more than PG-13. So um, maybe, you know, that's what parents need to gauge. But those are big events we're talking about. So it needs to be differentiated because even at the park where there can be a birthday party and the semi-pro guys are out there training, when they get a little bit mouthy, people will say something to them like, hey, there are kids here. And that's always been kind of a bone of contention because these guys are like, yeah, but we're here for practice and this is for us. And we've had this conversation and I have to say, right, but the kids are here. And for the most part, they get that. Um, well, but it's, it's not just language. It's not just language and, like, stuff like that, though. Like, you know, personally me, if, I, if somebody's shooting at me, you know, when I first started, you know, like three years ago, if, if I shot somebody and I saw a bus on them, 
I'd walk away and move on. And then I'd probably get shot in the back by the person I just shot out. And now, nowadays, you know, I'm under mentality, I'm going to shoot somebody until they raise their hand. And if you do that, like you go into a bunker and you're getting like five or six people shooting at you and you just unload on everybody, and it happens you, you walk up in there, oh, man, there are a bunch of 12-year-olds, a bunch of 10-year-olds sitting in here. And now you, you're the bad guy because you lit up a bunch of 10-year-olds. You're the bad guy of the sport. You're going to get these kids and never play again because you lit them up. Well, I'm sorry. I wasn't prepared for, t- for 10 kids in a bunker sitting there. You know, all, all I'm somebody's shooting at me. I'm shooting them. And they raise their hand, I'll stop. But then, again, you know, I'm sitting there, oh, now I'm the bad guy. It's, it's that kind of stuff okay. that really just... Yeah, I, I found myself in a similar situation at uh, one of the Dreaded Legends events. I was hammering across a doorway to try and keep people from coming out of one of the connexes there, and what I couldn't see was at the tail end of the flight of where my shots were going with some kid in a ghillie suit stuck in a bush. You know, I just you know, hammered on this so, kid without realizing what was going on. Although, technically... Yeah, like, oh, oh, sorry... To disagree, but I think that would be their fault because they chose to play. Yeah, but right. Like, no, that's that's the mentality that needs field, to come back to the sport. It does need exactly. to be their like, fault, but that's like, not where we're at. Right. Field, there's, there's wait, no, there's wait, no wait, parents out there with, for the most part. Both of you guys are making very valid points, and these are things that we have discussed on the show and we have spoken with field owners and other reps about. Um, A perfect example, my son, who, well, for all insurance purposes, was 10 years old at the time, um, played in the MVPS, Maximum Velocity Paintball Series, in the 1v1 portion of the tournament. We went to go support some of our local teams from home, and my son was literally there standing in awe watching his guys who we watched his practice week after week playing and podiuming. And, you know, they're there holding their cups, and my son says, I want to play the 1v1. And MVPS allowed him to play. Now, there was another kid who was about 12 years old who was playing, and he was about to go up against Josh Medius. And Josh Nevius said, man, just what you said, Ben, just what you said, you know, I don't want to be the asshole. I'm about to go out here and play with him, and um, I'm going to shoot him, <laughs> you know, and, and I don't want to be the jerk for doing that. And I was a mom there, and my child, they said, was there for insurance purposes, 10. Um, I said to Josh, no, if the kid wants to play and the parent signed them in to play because a 12-year-old has to have a parent who helps sign them up, um, they know what they're in for, knowing that my son was about to step out on the field. And my son was paired up against um, Rick Fernandez from Gator Paintball in Florida. And mm-hmm. my son went out there, and I give my son credit because at the time I wasn't brave enough to go out there in a 1v1 against these guys. And Rick shot my son, and he shot my son in the neck, and people um, kind of, trash-talked Rick, like, I can't believe you shot him in the neck, and I thanked Rick. My son is still angry at me to this day about it. How could you say thank you to him for shooting me? I said, you wanted to play an adult game, and if you're going to play an adult game, you have to take what comes with it, and he shot you in the neck. Like, I mean, it would have been a stomach shot to somebody he's used to playing against. You're, you know, what, 42 inches tall or whatever, so 
um, without a parent there to say, you guys are right, it can be really uncomfortable. But I think that mm-hmm. the parent and kids know what those responsibilities are. That said... No, not, not, not always. Not always. Now, there's, there's a further consequence, well, though, that, that you mentioned and then glossed past in that. Now, you being there and present and giving the permission and saying, hey, you know, this is okay, this is a learning experience, that's great. And I'm glad that the match went on. But you, you stated in there very quickly that people were immediately trash-talking him for having shot a kid in the neck. Now, in today's hyper-connected world, faster than you can put up a defense, viral videos or something like that can go out online and destroy someone's reputation. Yep. And, Flea, you play baseball and before, right? I have to look at it like, Anytime I go out on field, even if I don't have my own cameras at me, I'm constantly on somebody's camera. Now, if I'm surrounded by other adults and there's an adult expectation, my actions are one thing. But you pound on a kid the wrong way, even if the kid came out on the field knowing the consequences of it and the parents were on board with it, it doesn't matter. People looking to destroy someone's reputation will have ammunition, and that's all they want. Or you hear me? You you upset me. That's an interesting conversation they have right now. That's actually what I'm talking about tonight. um, And I invited the command bros who I see are on our Facebook Live to join the conversation with photographers. But what you're talking about, Archangel, is exactly what we're going to talk about with all of our photographers is there's always cameras on. And whether it's the photographers who are there or if it's everybody's, um, you know, GoPros, there are cameras everywhere. So you're right. Um, there's another side to it, and there's an instant judgment that's placed out there. And because of instant placement, hold on, uh, we have to pay a little bit of attention to some of these Facebook comments that are coming in. And Rick Fernandez is on the line, actually, and he's saying, I don't pound on kids. Rick does not pound on kids. It was a freak shot. Got one shot to the kid's neck. Like, and he couldn't have been nicer about it. He came over gave my son. He came over and talked to my son. He took my kid over to the buzzer on the second He did the right thing. He did the right thing. He went and, and he made sure the kid was okay. He, he, he did the right thing. I've got a little perspective on this. I just ran a large game here in Oklahoma. We, in our player briefing, announced that, hey, understand that this is a giant field and there's a thousand people playing, but understand there are little kids here, so be mindful. And and that's that's coming from a staff perspective. Sorry, I'm sunburnt. Uh, you know, this, this is something that we actually put out to the players as they're coming onto the field. Hey, yeah, there's a thousand adults, but there's also kids mixed in. Some of this falls on the field. Some of this, you know, some of this falls on the ref staff, not not just the parents. You know, they, they, you got to be you got to be watching for that stuff. But it is paintball, and they do know what they're coming into, as long as you explain it. I did with my son. He played his first game this weekend, and he he took a nasty shot, and he bounced right back. And it, I mean, you you just got to teach him this is a part of the game. Now, overshooting a kid. I will bounce you off the field. No doubt. Right. No doubt. Right. Now, where do you draw the line between the overshooting acceptable on a child versus overshooting an adult? And if there's any sort of division, they the created a problem. They're the same. There is no difference. Well, there is no same. difference from a staff perspective. A child. We just worry about overshooting, and we don't have to respond to the child. Overshooting, period. Overshooting, period. 
but but as long right. as you because I I just ran Oklahoma D Day, I I just did you know uh, uh, what we had hundred and some players on the field, and 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 uh, eighteen tanks circling the field. Now, if you guys ever played against tanks, you know those oh, suckers yeah. are just I shooting, played, just I shooting to shoot. Two thousand fifteen. Matter of fact, I'm wearing my you know. 2015 shirt as we speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, then you know what I dealt oh, with yeah. this week. <laughs> I know all about but, that. But uh, as as far as as far as uh, as go far Rangers. as letting, uh, yeah, go Rangers. Oh my God, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, yeah. as far as allowing your kids to play, I I I I think it's a fantastic idea. Start them early. Get them, get them to understand how the game actually is played. Understand what to expect when you go out on the field. My, I, I sat for an hour going over possible scenarios before my kid even dressed up to go out. Because, because I know. I, I've done this for 25 right. years. I know how paintball is. And I know and there's assholes out there. I'm sorry, I don't mean to use that term, but that, that's, that's what I it know, is. It's appropriate. That's it's not an the appropriate issue, term. Like, so one of the, the things that like, we've had discussed on the show in the past that Desi Johnson brought to us actually at the Jurassic Park game and Desi's actually on our live feed right now was for all of the kids and anybody who was new to the game, either rentals or people who brought friends with them who were just new to the game, they had masks and the rental masks were painted a bright color so and they told everyone beforehand, if you see this mask, you know that these are kids or people who are new to the game. So the people knew um, to be a little mm-hmm. bit kinder than them. They were painted, you know, like a bright color, bright green or whatever it was. So they were identifiable once you saw them, um, especially right. in the case of eight of them that were together. So, I mean, that's a fantastic idea. way to approach it, but here's the, here's the downside to that. You've now made them an easier to identify a, a target. target on the field. A, you made them a and target. And also, yeah. if I'm in, I'm in my regular gear, and some kid is right next to me in a neon green mask giving away my position, I'm not going to be as friendly to him because he's making it harder for me to play simply by standing near me. Uh, now, uh, yeah. I mean, really, let, let, now, now, let's look at it from that, you know, that competitive mentality perspective because that's kind of what you're looking at when you're looking at a predominantly adult game. Now, how am I personally going to handle that? Uh, probably I'm going to try and guide the kid over to an area that's less hotly contended. But how is everyone going to handle that? How is the majority of players going to handle that? I, well, their focus is on I'm, themselves at that point. I, 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 I would probably do opposite. Uh, honestly, I, I would probably do opposite because you're, you're shielding them from experiencing the whole aspect of the game. I mean, really, I mean, that the way I look at it, I, but I'm a, I'm a charge into a firefight with, with a flag kind of guy. I, you know, that's just my mentality. That's just the way I play paintball, but not every kid is that way. And, and like my son, we, we, uh, he got shot. <laughs> right. <laughs> he got shot a lot. Well, that's going to happen. Know. I mean, everybody's going to get yeah. shot in an event like that. No, I, I, but I, I, I don't baby him. I, I put him in the fire. I, you know, I, I, I put him in. This is what to expect. Of course, he was rocking a CS2, so he was putting it out right. just as much as they were putting it on him. But So you know. So here's the question I'm going to ask you next, and that is, do you see yourself as the average paintballer parent? 
I mean, you just got done talking about how you were running at D-Day. I don't think you represent the common core, if you will. You're way more experienced than this, and you also know enough about the sport to teach your child better than what I like to refer to as drop-em-off parents. We've got a lot of kids that show up at events that don't even have parents supervising them. I, I, I would have to say yes, I'm not. I would have to say yes, I'm not. But my kids have grown up in this. You know, my kids have, from the day they were able to pick up a paintball gun at, what is it, nine years old or before, they have lived this event. I mean, they've lived paintball. So, I mean. Okay, but, you know, we have some kids on the line who are in the 12-year-old age range that we're talking about who actually attended okay. living without their parents they were under other parents supervision but they attended without their parents so you know and they made us old people look bad (laughs) (laughs) can you hear me Lacey can you hear me hey buddy this is Silver Fox (laughs) and uh, I've been listening to the conversation for a while and basically what you guys are saying, I understand. But here's the thing. There's responsibility on everybody. The game mm-hmm. is a game of respect, okay? So basically, mm-hmm. all these kids are the future of our game. If we don't bring kids into the sports and their parents and educate them on the sport, we have constantly been bringing in the mothers, the fathers, and the children and teaching them all how to play paintball. I saw parents out there with their kids. When the dad got killed, he took his kid off the field because his kid isn't experienced enough. In all the 30 years that I have been playing, there are more kids playing now and girls playing than there ever was before. And it's the same thing when it comes down to that. It comes down Mm. to, A, us all stepping up and help teach these kids not to get in those positions where they get slaughtered. The bigger teams like mine and, and Ghost and many, many more teams out there basically look out for these kids so that they don't get what you're talking about. Every now and then I'll hear about a kid getting overshot. An overshot maybe might be four or five hits because somebody came around the corner. You know, to me, that's not being overshot. It's basically, not- it just happens. Okay, now, if somebody come around that corner and unloaded and kept shooting, now that's overshooting, whether it's an adult or a child, I agree, that person should be told about it. And as far as uh, Facebook tearing a person apart for shooting somebody in the neck, I've had little kids shoot me in places that hurt so bad by accident. You know what I'm saying? And whoever does that is really upset. That's why you go back and check, make sure the kid's okay. You know, the parents talk to them a little bit. And if we're educating them as they're coming into this game, then we ain't going to see very much of that. And, and I play a lot, and I haven't seen a lot of that. Most of the now, time, the rest know that there's kids there. But that, now, now, my question is, do we give yep. them that education at these high-dollar expensive events? Or should we focus on making sure the kids spend time playing at a recreational level that is friendlier towards children on top to get them ready before introducing them to events? Should the events be, say, and when I say children, you know, should the events be 16 and up for events? You know, I I don't see why that's a Well, here's the thing. If you separate that, 
if you separate that, now you're separating the family. Because what we're trying to do in the industry is bring the whole family to the game. So you have to be 10 years old to play. And your parents should be taking care of you out there on the field because they're playing. A lot of parents bring their kids and leave. Now that is a little That's more scary. Problem. But but they're bringing them. Wait, difficult. I, I hear you. But they're bringing them to teams like mine. And those kids are being, there's 20 guys or girls out there teaching these kids while they're playing. Whether it's a big game or not, doesn't matter. But myself personally, I've taken my kids to a smaller game and let them play. But obviously so did some of these parents. Or they're bringing them. I've taken owners of fields, kids out on the field, and they played and they've never played before. And we will protect those kids. And when we get shot, if one of our players aren't there, we pull the kid with us. And basically, that's how it should be. I mean, I understand what you're saying. I go out there for the same thing. Relaxation, to get off my stress, have a good time, meet all my friends. But the family atmosphere, seeing mothers, daughters, sons, dads, the whole family's plan is huge to me. And all of us together, we know if there's kids up there 99% of the times, if they're in front of us. I don't need their mask painted a different color. I understand what they did in Florida, and that's cool. But, see, that doesn't bother us because we'll make sure that them kids don't get lit up. And in most cases, it doesn't happen. But I understand where you guys are coming from, but it's definitely not an adult sport. And in no time at all, we wouldn't have nobody to shoot if these kids don't start coming and playing. And we get them to like the game. That's key. Yeah. Hold on. And Wreckfields are going to save us. Wreckfields are going to save us. Always take them to Wreckfields, guys. Always take them to play Wreckfields because that's what's going to save the industry. Not these big games. Local, 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 but, guys. Always local. Exactly. The, the, rec wait, games, the local level wait, rec games oh. are the breeding ground from where we draw the event players. Right. Not and that's where they start, guys. That is going to be event players, and that's fine. We don't need right. everybody. We need about 10% of them tops. But well, when the kids play those the games. To just play rec level games to play events, the events would be huge. Right, and these kids that are going and learning how to play rec ball, those kids, their parents are finding about the scenario games, and that's why they're bringing their kids because it's something the yep. whole family can do. So they probably already all played once or twice at a small field, and I recommend that just so they can get shot once instead of being out there with 500 guns shooting at you. I recommend that to any that, father or that, mother. That's the point that I was getting across in my original argument was that we need right. to make sure that they get they get started on a level that's appropriate for them, so that someone, a parent, you know, a captain of a team, somebody can make that distinction: Is this person ready to walk out onto an event level field? Are they mature yep. enough? Not only for what happens on the playing field, but what happens in the staging area. Are they going to wander into somebody's campsite because mom and dad weren't looking for a minute and find any number of forms of debauchery going on? I mean, let's face it, paintball is not PG rated, and players aren't PG rated. So they need to be mature enough to experience that without it being damaging to them. Another thing that I'm not really. Go ahead, Lacey. Another thing that I'm not understanding is that there are people saying, we need to grow the sport, we need to grow the sport. And then those same people are coming back with, oh, no, we shouldn't allow kids to play at the major games. 
That's not true. That's just ah. players saying that. Okay. This is but another one of those things where we have to look on, at the fact that paintball that has that many forms. Archangel, hold on, hold on, hold on. I need to clarify okay. something. Nobody's saying that kids should not be there. Neither of the gentlemen who joined us, nobody is saying that. As a matter of fact, like, this is not a matter of being anti-kid. Let me be very clear about that. Ben Painter, who was the first person who spoke on the topic, actually was the XO for a 12-year-old boy so that a 12-year-old could general a game and could learn. So he is very into mentoring kids who are ready to come out there, who have played, who have been a part of paintball and having kids out there. So I, I cannot let anybody say these guys, you know, aren't into having kids there. I also have to say the same for Archangel, who I have seen personally, you know, help other kids out of the field and look to and be a role model for kids. So I cannot let anybody say that they don't support having kids in the sport or that they are anti-kid um, because that's not the case. I also heard that this is 100% a kid's sport and adults should play, and I have to take a stance on that, that, you know, there's different areas of paintball. There's rec ball, there's speed ball, there's tournament ball. There are, within paintball, there's only one area that is truly regulated, and that is the NXL level when you're talking about professional paintball. Everything else, there really are no regulations that are set except for by each field. So, and they do have rules about how old you have to be to compete. And, you know, those big events were considered rock star, you know, party events. Those are not places for children. And that is not the same environment as rec ball, um, you know, as a weekend event that is, even if you have the very best of the best players, it is still rec ball even if it is living legends, and it is up to the parent for what they're going to see. Oftentimes in camp, I've seen people change what's happening in their camp because they realize their kids there. Oh, my goodness, I'm not comfortable consuming alcohol in front of a child. I know that I'm 21, right. um, but I don't want to stand there having a conversation with a 12-year-old at a tailgate-type event or back at my campsite drinking alcohol in my hand that they know is alcohol. That's my choice to have that um, and a conversation I can have with that parent. I don't know many kids who are wandering off the campsites on their own, but at the same time, it is uncomfortable, and I had to have a conversation recently with a parent saying, I'm not comfortable with this, and they were like, oh, it's cool. I don't care what my kid sees. So I moved to a different area just because it made me uncomfortable. Um, but when exactly. I take my son's bed, and I walked over with him, and there were people, they had music on, and the guys were being, I hate saying guys will be guys, but the guys were kind of being guys, and they were dancing, and they were being silly. And my son and I walked up, and somebody immediately hit the radio, turned the music off, and said, there's a woman and child here. And I was like, thank you for recognizing that, and also thank you not for recognizing that. You know, we're just we're just here, it's fine. And they said, no, 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 really, this isn't that appropriate. We know we were kind of being dogs and our wives would be angry at us anyway. Stop. Um, right. So it, it's a two-way street. I just don't want anybody going and saying that, you know, anybody here is anti-kid. I think that there are places that are more appropriate than others, nope. including our, you know, home field. Granted, there are families, especially paintball families, who make an event like a Living Legends um, their family road trip for the year, their family paintball trip, and 
yes, it, it can be uncomfortable to be at a fraternity party and find out that all of the, you know, kids who are there are under 21 or under 18 even changes, you know, the whole party. So, you know, 12-year-olds and 14-year-olds, as much as I love my 12 and 14-year-olds running around with me, there's a time and a place and, and the whole event mm-hmm. is we want you but to But as a parent, you know that. Exactly. As a parent, you know what time and place that is. So, hey, Archangel, I got one thing uh, to, okay. to let you know about. Um, this weekend, I was uh, honored to have the modern-day powers came to my home field. and uh, that I MVP. Yeah, and they brought some uh, three young kids that they were tutoring, and it yeah, really, I mean, we – Right. They, a mentor program, which is fantastic. But what we did was, is we do that all the time, but it gave me more ideas of how to do it at my own personal field. So we are going to implement, because of what they were doing, we are going to implement uh, training courses for these young kids that are coming in from the age of 10 to 12 or 15. Once they're 16, they got their own minds made up anyway of what they're going to do. So basically, we're going to have training courses for them to teach them how to play in these games and these bigger games and how to move. And that's what they were doing. I watched them all day. They did a great job with those kids. And, I mean, we do it on the battlefield with kids, but it's so much easier to yeah. do it at a field. We actually held but, we actually held an event. Um, uh, so actually, some pirates, I held an event at Oklahoma D-Day this year. It was uh, the low impacts that Falcon had sponsored for us. And, and we had from the ages of, I think we had some seven-year-olds and some uh, seven to, well, there some 12-year-olds were in there too, but uh, what, the low impact uh, Falcon gun and uh, got them out there and showed them how to do the appropriate thing and, and, you know, gun safety and paintball safety. And, and we had probably about 15 kids out there and uh, it, it was a pretty good event. But we're going to start talking to a lot of fields about doing that because I think in some ways I understand where everybody's coming from. I'm not saying nobody is uh, against kids. Of course not, because we know that's the future yeah. of sport. But, again, I've seen parents deathly afraid out there. So, I mean, you know, adults, full adults scared. So, but, you know, I get it. When you have a 10-year-old out there and that kid gets shot, he's crying, you've got to calm him down. So I, I agree with the part where, we need to teach them, and, and we do that. But it's so much easier to do it in a smaller, confined area. I agree with you on that. Yep. But yep. some of these yep. kids oh, that yeah. we brought out there, they're maniacs. These girls that are trying to get on here and talk, I mean, they, they don't know the whole industry, but they know they ain't afraid, and they like to play oh, the yeah. game. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so that's why they're, yeah. <laughs> so, and, I, mean, I get where you guys are coming from. You know, but it's the question remains, you know, do could the sport survive without kids and without their parents? And the fact that it was even a question, again, was really interesting to me because I was under the impression that most fields get their revenue or their main revenues from birthday parties. I know that my home field here in Miami, the three fields that do birthday parties are, I mean, they're open Saturday and Sunday, and they are packed with kids, you know, party over party. So um, their big events don't happen that often. And people were talking about prices of paint and stuff and whether a field could 
make as much money off of kids at birthday parties versus a player who's coming out there and shooting six cases of paint. And I started to do the math on it and was thinking, well, for sure, because, for instance, in my case, I get a team discount at the field. So I'm getting their lowest price on paint. When parents are buying bags of paint because they don't know any better, at $25 a bag, thinking that they're getting a great deal, they're spending $100 for a case of paint. You know, the field had to sell me two and a half cases of paint to get the same what they just did from those parents for one case. So, yes, we might And the other thing that's a factor in that is that for every hardcore player you have going, you know, every every couple of weekends or so or traveling to an event that spends that much money, you've got 20 kids that, you know, they may get a half a case worth of paint and their entry fee at a birthday party. You know, that, that's the ratio. It's, it's roughly 90% of the people who play paintball only play paintball at recreational level, birthday party, bar mitzvah, Absolutely. bachelorette party levels. So no matter how much impact any one of us regular performing paintball players thinks we have, we're the minority. We will always be the minority. So when mm-hmm. we talk about would this sport survive without kids, the, Absolutely the overarching sport of paintball, no. Mm-mm. My question is would big event paintball in its own as a separate concept survive with less of an emphasis on children? And I think so. I think if we put more emphasis on adults, there's a lot of the – you know. 25 and up, 30 and up crowd that is looking for something to do with the free time they now have as their kids are getting into school. Now, the 40 plus crowd, you know, kids are finally moving out soon and now they've got time to do something with their lives. They're not stuck in the same grind. These people are looking for something to do, and I think event paintball could reach more of them by accommodating a more adult feel. Now, are now, you married? now you start you looking married? at events, though. Am I married? Right. Yeah, are you married? Uh, no, not anymore. Wait, well, <laughs> okay, do you have any kids? Yes, I have an 11-year-old. Okay, here's the concept that I'm putting out to you. Moses, you're a paintball player. Did your wife yeah. play? Nope. Okay, so she played. She did not play? Never had any interest in it. Okay, that's what I'm trying to say to you. So what happens is, what I see across the country, a lot of guys come out and they play. And then all of a sudden, like, hey, man, how come you don't play paintball no more? Well, you know what I mean? Money, the wife, and because the wife can't come, the kids can't come. So if we create an atmosphere where the wife can come and the kids, after the age of 10, of course, can come and play, then the whole family can play. Then it seems to be so much better. I have friends that have quit playing that came back because now their kids can play. So and then the wife comes. Maybe she don't play, but she's but, there. But They'll pick. They, here's another. Here's another way to look at it. Here's another way to look at it. You got to look at the events that are being had. Yeah. Uh, and I'll use Oklahoma Dita as an example. There, there, there's a different environment at each event. Living Legends, I would say, is more of an adult-driven event. Obviously, obviously, uh, you know, it, it has I more of adult themes. Yeah, ion, ion, ion yeah, those games. But there's there's a lot of the smaller events that are more family driven. They're more family friendly. Uh, you know, um, I'm drawing a blank on. I I have several runs where I had a game spit one out. Paintball to but go. There are several events. Paintball to go. Oh my God, paintball to go. Such a great environment. 
nothing crazy. Yeah, you can have you can have your your five year old daughter running around with you, and everybody Absolutely. will love her. And 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 you know the that's another way to look at it. These people that are looking to bring their families, they're they're looking at events like Living Legends, and they're saying, why are there naked girls up on stage? Okay, I'm not Correct. going to that event because I don't want to bring my family. Not knocking it, not knocking it at all. It was a hoot, woo. But it that's another way to look at it. The events that you go to, the events that you know you you do your research, go online, look look up these events, look up the reviews, look up the forums that people are talking about. You'll get an idea, you know, real quick. Absolutely. Real quick, what kind, you know, and that parents, you going to drop your kids off? Know that when you go to Living Legends on Saturday night, Friday night, whatever night it is, there's going to be the thing up on stage. You know, I mean, I don't personally have my kids at it because, well, we got other stuff to do. But, you know, uh, I know what I'm going to when I go to these events. I know what my kids are going to. You know, and, and that's another thing that we need to put out there as, as people who are the regulars. You know, when people come to us and ask us about events, that's stuff we need to put out there. Hey, you know, okay. I know you're bringing your, your 11-year-old little girl to this event. Here's what happens. It's a good event, but this is this is the other side of the event. And, and you know, maybe that's something we ought to put out, you know, or, or the fields put out and be more clear about it. I mean, I don't know. No, there's, there's no such thing as too much information about an event. There's not. Absolutely. So. And there's somebody, they're talking online, and I wanted to talk about one of the Facebook comments, and Desi Johnson in Florida is asking, how do you put an 18 and up stamp on an event? And as a field that he comes from where they have lots of kids' teams, I mean, there are kids' teams that come out of my field. Um, we have amazing you know scenario teams as well as competition speedball teams they have kids as young as 10 years old on some of these teams so it would be very difficult i really don't think that there is a cut and dry just think the answer really is that parents need to be aware of what their kids are getting into and you know if you aren't comfortable with your child seeing you know a pg-13 movie then maybe they shouldn't be running around in the camp at the event, you're going to see misbehavior or whatnot, but they're going to see that stuff on TV. Um, so much of what they would see on TV when we're not looking, and parents or kids are probably watching stuff on iPads that you don't even know they're watching, um, even though you think you're looking. You, you know, there's a responsibility to it. And what I hear from the guys who first posed the question. It wasn't so much a we don't want the kids there. It was more of a we don't want to feel responsible if we hurt a child accidentally doing what we would normally do to another grown man. And to clarify about the masks that Desi um, has at his field, they were not bright neon green. They were painted a specific camo green, um, but people knew what to look for. You know, we're trying, yes, to some extent this is, adults out there doing adult things, but we also need to teach the kids what's going on if they're going to be out there. And like I said, I have seen actually everybody who is taking part in the conversation tonight, I have personally seen on the field and around kids on the field. So uh, Andy Wofford, I've seen Silver Fox, Sharon, uh, Archangel, and Ben, all of you. So you know, there's so much feedback even on Facebook. There isn't just a straight answer except for everybody is saying comments that they love having kids around because we need the kids around. So we can agree that 
kids are a necessity in the sport, as are their parents and catering to them. And so many parks now are catering to the parents. That's the next step in it. Um, for those of you that were, talk that were on with us when we had our park owners edition, we had Josie Johnson on, and she was talking about her new field in Montana, and they have an air-conditioned parents' area, a parents' lounge, so parents can stay and hang out, and there's internet and coffee, and so the parents can stay. I want to go there. <laughs> so maybe you, part of the answer is doing more to keep the parents there if, if we're concerned the parents are leaving and dropping them off. But I would like to think that these kids are responsible enough with what they're getting. And then there has to be a follow-up lesson to it at home. Because part of the comments that I was reading um, on Reaper's page included things like, you know, we're teaching children how to use, well, we call them markers, but it, it's a gun. I mean, they're learning how to shoot a projectile and making sure that there's proper safety involved in that. I, I can tell you Absolutely. that my child, if he sees somebody without a mask, he will start screaming, hey, mask on. He doesn't care if it's a kid or if it's an adult. So he gets the safety part of it. He understands what will happen if um, there's a if somebody's not wearing a mask, but he's also seen it firsthand. We've been at the park and seen a kid literally shoot himself in the eye um, with a marker. That was actually my son's first Florida paintball experience. Was That was the first thing he saw as we walked into that park, and he'd already been playing for a year and a half. And I could see. But not all kids get to see that and understand that firsthand. Um, but I don't see, you know, when we're talking about big events, there has to be a place for children there, and perhaps we need to be talking about separate events. There might be a whole separate market just for 21 and up events or just for 18 and up events. It might not appeal to everybody, but how many players do you need in an event? So if you can get 500 players at a 21 and up event, I think there are a lot of people who would say that's a good thing. And because it was 21 and up for that particular event, that might be something that people want to look into, but I don't think that excluding children from all events is the way to go, and I don't believe that that is the sentiment of any of the people who have joined us this evening. Um, because oh, no, absolutely not. I, I'm not saying mm -hmm. that you excluded them entirely. That's, yeah, never want to touch on that subject. You know, we need children to play. We need kids to play. But we don't, yeah, I don't think, and I will preface it as an opinion at this point, I don't think that we should make it where the game is consistently focused on children to the point where the no. adults are the second thought. No, I agree. I agree with that, and and I, I bring up the I, I bring up our, we have a specific rule for what we call our special forces unit. They're the ones that are the hard chargers. They're the ones getting in the firefights. They're the ones that are marching 100 freaking miles all day long. You have to be 16 years old to be able to join those units. You have to be old enough to be able to handle it. And I have seen I have seen 16 year olds do better than the 20-year-olds that are hard chargers and think they're the baddest thing on earth, I've seen them go down where the only person to make it to the objective is the kid. I've seen it. And, and, yep. and so I, 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 you, I guess it goes back to the overshooting or, or putting them in the action and, and stuff like that. There has to be – there is that separation. At my, at my personal event, there is that separation, you know, of of the younger the the ten to to 
well, 15 age group, you know, they have to go find these other events where it's uh, other parts of the field where, where it's not so much, I don't want to say not so much action because there's action, but you know, they can't go out on the 210 and go out in the middle of the sun and the heat and, and march and do all that and spend 45 minutes climbing a hill, you know, because we don't want you hurt. We had a kid hurt this week, and, and, I, and I'm sick about it because he shouldn't have been there. And his parent brought him there and put him in that situation, and we had to get him out. And, and, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I'm – no, I, 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 I take it personally. I take it personally. Kid or adult, and granted, it's different when you're talking about a child because, you know, you as in loco parentis, and I, can't, I guess that all of the baseball players around them become kind of the parents there in the moment. I did start this segment tonight by thanking everybody out there for the roles that they take in a parenting role to these kids. Um, but these are some of the risks inherent with the game, and I have been to many a game where child or adult there is, Everybody is told to take a knee because somebody is hurt. We have people who are in the chat right now who we've had, you know, sirens called and everybody take a knee because of injuries. So, Mm -hmm. yes, of course, everything is worse when it happens to a child, but I'm getting really interesting comments here, and one of them is from one of the people who we invited from the post from Make St. Bob Bloody again about this topic. Um, It's from Daryl Sample. I'm the one who originally made the comment. What I meant by was by it was that a this is a game designed for adults, not children. We'll get to back to that in a second. But he says, think about it. Can my 13-year-old walk into a store and buy a gun? Nope. Can he go out and no. play paintball by himself, even if he has the money? Nope. So the kids are going to need the adult with them to not only to play. They're going to need them to sign a waiver. And once a waiver is signed, and I've seen I've seen the word waiver come up a lot of times on the Facebook page. Um, this is the responsibility that I think that people don't realize, especially when there are kids out on the field. And this is one of the topics that comes up week after week on the on this show, is who is responsible for the kids out there? Is it the parent going out there with the child? And even then, so what exactly does that mean? Or can the kid kind of go out there on their own? And what exactly does that mean? For instance, there are plenty of players. My son has his own list of friends okay, uh, who are paintball players, who he feels safe with, who he feels comfortable with, some three of whom play paintball that he he particularly named this morning when I was thanking people. He said, these are three people who play paintball who have been like dads to me, who have taught me what I need to know. And I can trust my son to go to the other side and play against me, and I know that he's safe with the people. But how safe is he? Is he any safer than when he's with me? Because we're both together, we're at one point, and he sees an opportunity, he runs, he goes for it. I can't scream, kid, you're my son, stop. I Wait, let me catch up to you. And I might get shot out on my way, and he's on his way to an objective. He's not going to come off with me. I can stand to the side of the battle buddy all I want, but the you know, further into it he gets, I can't always go. So what does that mean? His parent is there, I'm on the field. Yes, it's different if mom is not, or dad, or the parent who's with them or a responsible adult isn't there and the child gets hurt and you have to take them to the hospital. Yes, but there was a waiver signed. Somebody should have a phone number to reach this parent on said waiver. We won't even get into the paperwork mess. But, I mean, <laughs> how would you all find a parent? You know, if I 
were on the field. It would be easier to find me, but there's still the same responsibility. So I, don't, I, I want to make sure everybody realizes that if they see a child on the field, in that moment, we are all, not the same ball ambassadors, but we become that parent, that guardian to them for a few minutes to make sure that they're safe where they are, give them cover fire if they need be, coach them for a moment. But if you see a kid out there, take a moment and mentor them. I mean, be there. Don't that, be that goes, a jerk. No. That goes back to Silver Fox's thing, man. It, it's the respect for paintball and the people that come and play. Uh, you know, and it's not not everybody sees it that way. Not everybody sees it that way. But there, the I have found that that in my experience and my travels, the vast majority, the vast majority of people that step on that field, if they if they see a kid, if they you know they just in that mentality in that family environment, and and even if it's an adult event, there's still a family environment, and and they people tend to to shelter and take care of kids as they see them. I mean, I do. If I see a kid, man, I'm all over it. You know, let, let me show you what to do. Or if I, and, and I play long enough to know when something bad's about to happen, you know, a push, a rush, a, you know, and usually I'm, I'm good at catching on that and, and I'm good at getting, trying to get in the way of something bad, you know, a, a child getting shot or something like that, especially reffing, you know, um, and had that this week. <laughs> you know that it, it's it. It takes a village, I guess. Does that make sense? All right, guys. I'm I'm gonna hop in here now. Uh, this is this is Zach Arbuckle. I've been listening to this uh, chi- uh, children kind of like debate for 45 minutes now, and I don't think it has to do anything with age, but rather maturity. At Living Legends. I had a 12-year-old photographer following me, me around who could take hits better than some of the adults that I know at the game. My son yeah. right now is 11, and I know 100% that he would not be able to be out on the field and take a hit. But this 12-year-old was out on the field with me, and he was taking hits better than some of the adults I know. So it has nothing to do with age, but rather the child's ability to handle the game that's being thrown at him. And it is not up to us to decide when that time is. It's up to the child to decide when he wants to try it and the parent's decision to let that child on the field. It took me four years to get my son out on the field for him to decide he was ready. So, I mean, I agree with that. Yeah, and my son right now at 11 years old, there is no way I'm bringing him out on the field because I know that he just cannot do it. But this kid that I had following me around, uh, Alexander, you can find him online. It's Photos by 12. uh, And he got absolutely annihilated. And I I thought he was, like, crying himself. And I'm, I'm, like, apologizing to him. And it turns out he was giggling. He was having so much fun. <laughs> love it, love it. Well, I love know from personal experience, you don't follow Zach anywhere around on the field without getting destroyed. Oh, absolutely so. not, absolutely not. Yeah. If you want to get yeah. in the middle of a firefight, follow him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you don't follow me. I actually have this fun game I play with media people I don't know, which is hey, follow me, and then I go somewhere where they shouldn't go. <laughs> <sighs> and I've gotten so many people kind of like, you know, okay, well, we're not following tech anymore position. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been 
I think I was the first photographer to get into Damage Incorporated's tank and shoot wide angle from inside the tank. And I think a couple other photographers at this point have actually done that because they saw me do it and they saw the resulting footage. But I always ask myself, where's the craziest place I can go? Because I know there are not photographers there taking the pictures. Oh, that's a reasonable business sense right there. So, I don't know. It's, it's how I do it. <laughs> well, I'm thrilled that you are on with us, Zach. For those of you that didn't hear um, Zach introduce himself, this is Zach Arbuckle um, with, oh, my gosh, is it Inspire? No. <laughs> it's Inspire Photography. Right? We appreciate him. I was. I've been waiting for that. <laughs> I told them Becca, that you were coming on at eleven. Okay. Well. Yeah. I've been playing some Dungeons and Dragons tonight, and that all ended up earlier because somebody had to go to work. So I'm. I'm with you, fine people now. Well, thank you for joining us. And that fine people. That's a really stretch of the imagination perspective because you did take kids out there. I mean, tonight is a show about our paintball photographers, and also one of the things I led with at the beginning of the show was that our paintball photographers take some serious hits, and they aren't out there um, intentionally trying to get hit or dodge balls as the players are. They're out there taking photographs and video of everybody, so um, some of the hits are super vicious, especially where you are. I mean, at Living Legends, it was the first time I was really there just to take photos on a field for one segment of the game. And I was in a great spot to take pictures of people on both sides until there was a push. And then I was getting shot from both sides at every single angle. Um, you know, normally I wouldn't have been in that situation. So you certainly put yourself out there um, in ways that regular players don't, more like our referees do. And you know what's the great thing about being a paintball photographer is I have spent years now learning how to walk around a paintball field presenting the least threaten threatening personality I can so that when somebody sees me walking over a hill, they're not thinking, oh, gosh, I see somebody's head. Let's shoot them immediately. And so I've learned how to walk around a field non-threatening, but now I'm starting to, okay, I've forgotten that I actually play paintball, so I have actually gone back and started playing paintball again, and now I play paintball like I'm a photographer walking around the field. And so people will see me, and they'll be like, oh, gosh, do we shoot them? And then I shoot them before they can even realize what's going on. And it's funny because the photographers now know how to walk around fields without getting or being threatening, and it's funny seeing how photographers play paintball. Which is from a totally different perspective. But um, yes. before we get into all photography stuff, I wanted to thank everybody. I'm not sure if Ben is still on the line. I guess I can look here and see. It looks like he dropped off a while ago, but, um, you know, the answer is we obviously need kids and their parents in the sport, and there is no easy answer for where kids should and shouldn't be because we want them playing. We want them playing alongside of us. So I guess it's up to all of us to 
um, either make a space for them or not. We all get to make that choice. So, um, you know, I want to thank everybody who joined us on that topic, and we can keep coming back to that topic because especially with the photographers, we can ask them how often they see kids out there and what you see through your lens as a photographer or a videographer because um, Archangel Michael brought up a really interesting point earlier, Zach, that I plan to talk about. It was also a part of the post that we kicked off with tonight. Um, the conversation tonight started because there was a post in a group that was then placed public or some of the questions from it were made public by David Justin and it came into this conversation about you know, is paintball an adult sport or a kid's sport and where do kids and their parents belong within the sport? And we were talking about, Archangel Michael mentioned that there's video and there's immediate video. And what that means when somebody sees something immediately without it happening. And part of the post came up, we all have to have a certain monicum of decorum when we are at events because we never know exactly who's watching us. And it doesn't necessarily mean on video, but the little eyes of the kids who are there. And so that was part of the question. Do we have to be responsible because there are children there? But then the flip side of that is what role does the camera take? And should we be doing things just because we think that there isn't a camera and how we act? And the specific comment, and I'm sorry and bring it up, was referring to a video um, that the Command Bros had, they were going live at Living Legends. It turned into catnipping, and you were kind enough to delete photos. But no, so here's the thing: this is people have some people have seen this catnipping video, um, and when the catnipping first happened, if you haven't seen it, I'm not going to get into much more of that right now, but. Um, the person who catnipped asked Zach, please delete those pictures. Please delete those pictures, right? And so the photos got deleted. And while the photos were being deleted, which you were very kind to do, not, any, not everybody would have deleted the photos, I pointed out, you know you're on live video right now. And you're broadcast live on Facebook. That, that actually wasn't me deleting the photos on uh, the live stream. But I was kind of like, I was in there, and I'm just staring at this live stream going, D what is going on here? <laughs> okay. Forgive me well, for apparently being old. What is catnipping? We'll explain it to you later. <laughs> but the point being, we'll explain all of you later, but there were behaviors that somebody was asking the photographer, please delete that. Please, please, please delete it. And the photographer, my thought was you, Zach, but whoever the photographer was, was kind enough to actually delete the photos that they had taken. Um, but that photographer, A, didn't have to delete the photos, but what the person didn't realize was that they were live. So it didn't matter if the photographer had deleted it. It was now on live video out there. So you never know exactly yeah. what is being said or who's watching it. It can be the kids right around you. It can be... Anybody can see it, though, especially when we're talking about live video. So to assume, especially at a paintball event where there's so many GoPros and there are so many people doing, whether they are a media person or not, so many people are going live to show their friends um, what's happening at an event. It is, if you aren't going 
if you don't want it out there, you shouldn't be doing it. And what role does a photographer have in stopping that? I mean, do we have to say, okay, no, 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 we're going to delete that? I mean, it was part of the event, right? I mean, it happened, and that comes back to the whole, but it could have been a wholesome thing, and these kids saw, you know, what they saw. And it may or may not have been anything big, but this is all somebody who's supposed to be a role model to kids and to girls, and this is how they're acting. I'm not judging the action. I'm just saying that what could have been detained to and contained to the ten of us who were there became, well, Internet famous. Yeah. So that was to what Archangel Michael was saying before, you know, you never know who's watching what you're doing. You think that it's just the people on the paintball field until you find out that you are on a live feed with 5,000 viewers. And and I think I made a post about something. Actually, I know I made the post about this, and it kind of turned into a, a little bit of an online bickering contest. And the, the, the post was that if you're at a game with lots and lots of media around, you might want to behave differently than if you were at a game that does not have a lot of media around it. And the post was about wiping hits. And I said that if you're going to wipe a hit, make sure that you have a barrel sock in view of your face because I'm going to look at the screen and go, oh, wow, that guy just wiped a hit. And now I'm looking at the photos a week after the event going, did that guy wipe the hit as a dead player or a live player? And, I mean, I, the, the picture that I'm thinking of very specifically is was a great, great upper body shot of somebody who – I'm not going to name, but then I found out a couple pictures later that he did, in fact, wipe a hit and keep playing. And then the the whole thing was, uh, uh, I I said on the thing, it says, it's good to be friends with the photographer. And then somebody took that the wrong way, that I was letting people get away with cheating. And I'll tell you 100%, if, if I catch you cheating and and I have photographic evidence of it. It's not getting buried without a private shaming of all of your friends. Because <laughs> all of your friends are going to get the picture before you get told about it. <laughs> but I'm not going to post pictures of somebody cheating at an event because it doesn't promote the event in a good light. Does that make Nobody sense? Does- but it does help to keep people playing straight paintball. I can tell you that recently I was at an event in North Carolina, and I played against DJ Hanu Fox, and we had come up at one point. There's a video out there about people trying to negotiate, and if you haven't seen my Road Dogs video of Garrett Johnson saying, we're here to negotiate, and then you see us go in, we were actually going in and attacking against uh, Hanu and his squad. Well, Hanu said to me, he said, you know, I popped out, and I happened to see you there just because, and that's how I got that shot on you. And I said, clean shot, I walked out, and we this conversation came, he said, yeah, but it took one shot and you walked out. I said, uh, yeah, you shot me. And he said, yeah, but most people need to be shot like eight times. And I said, I can't be shot eight times. And he said, it's, it's on video that I got shot and I kept playing. And he said, aha, that's what 
happens when you're in the public eye. Uh, you now have to play a much different game because people are watching. And if you were to have played on your right, four of my guys would have had it on video that you played through. And so, so yep. you know, I got hit. I had no choice, but one hit, I'm gone. Sorry. And um, most people wouldn't play yeah. one hit, they're out, especially in woodball, even though that is kind of the rule, guys. And and that that's a thing to be said. It's I always think of when I'm going to events. It's like everybody sees me, and then they see what I'm wearing, and they go, "Okay, well that's what Zach that's that's what Zach's wearing." And I always think I should bring like some some army surplus camos and a random Titman mask. And if I want to go do something sneaky on the field, I become a random guy in camo. Because mm-hmm. those are the players out on the field that it's just like, okay, well, he, he's, he's not anyone special. He's wearing an army surplus <laughs> army jacket. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm actually not field. People will talk about my costume changes, as they say, but in one day I could possibly wear three different masks and four different jerseys um, just so that I can – maneuver to different parts of the field and try the same thing repeatedly. They aren't expecting um, a different person there. So there's a lot to be said for that. So, Zach, let me ask you, why, what got you into paintball photography versus playing paintball? Um, I, I'm going to put the blame on to uh, Living Legends. <laughs> And it it go it goes further beyond that. I mean, I've always been upset because I didn't get pictures of myself playing and everything. And then uh, I I started taking pictures with uh, the local field's point and shoot and everything. And I I always wanted to get into photography. I've been doing photography my whole life, but just kind of like with disposable cameras and stuff like that. And I always wanted to get into it. So uh, I bought. Uh, enough stuff and I started I actually started Inspire Photography with a group of photos of one of my best friends and his son and if you scroll all the way to the beginning picture of Inspire Photography it's about being a role model and it's him teaching his son how to play paintball and that was the what I started Inspire Photography with and it was never supposed to be a big thing and then I went to Living Legends it was seven and it was that was we were a good playing, year. That was a good it, year. We were playing. Okay, so you know about this kind of. We were playing yeah. against yeah. Mike Phillips. Uh yeah. And, yeah. And I during that the year. <laughs> yeah, during the opening break, we got all the way to Bedlam, pushed past Berm into the picnic area where I got shot. Now, me and the team that I was with, a um, bunch of guys from Automags Online. We staged in the back corner of the camping area, close to Mike's base. And so to get back, because we thought on day two we're all going to be tired, so we staged next to the base on the second day. And we got all the way back to our camping spot where we had to walk all the way back through Bedlam, Armageddon, back to our base, and then back along the entire length of CPX, back to our staging area where we saw, where we saw our team next to Mike Phillips' base. <laughs> and we're we're watching our team who's basically playing woods ball whack-a-mole with uh their base 
uh, and they're all just standing in a line in the high roller field, shooting the people as they come out of the woods and waving. And I looked at three of my friends and went, do you want to go back on the field? And they went, no. (laughs) And so, I mean, I I had three cases of paint, but I'm not going to go out there and play whack-a-mole, which I ended up doing two hours later because I was bored. But then dinner battle comes around, and I'm like, okay, well, I already packed up all my gear, so I pulled out my camera and just walk right past the refs onto the field like I own the place with my camera. (laughs) (laughs) And there are pictures of me during, in fact, during this battle, I took one of my favorite pictures. And it's a picture that I've tried to recreate, and I've never been able to. And it really is a horrible picture, but it, it just captured the moment so well. And it was actually a bunny and Spyro. Um, Ah. Yeah, sitting on top of the hill, and the sun is shining through them. And then, picture. yes, and and that that was one of the first pictures I had ever taken at a scenario game. And then I played uh, the final battle, or then well, I shot the final battle with the camera, and I was scared shitless. I had a hotel towel over my head a yellow vest, and I was running around like a rat running from a woman with a broom. (laughs) Which, all of you who know me in this know that that's not how I walk on a field. (laughs) You you were involved since then, yeah. Yeah, so so the next day, you know, comes around, and I had so much fun doing that that I decided that I'm not going to do the final battle, so I played the game. I ended up giving almost two cases of paint away uh, to some kids who wanted to play the final battle, which I wasn't going to ended up spending most of my time at the museum talking about paintball history and stuff. And then I went out and shot the final battle again, just walked past without any permission and went on the field, which is a no, no for everyone listening. Uh, (laughs) And so I did that again. Again, I just put the hotel towel over my head. And uh, 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 Sean from the Berserkers took some pictures of me. And I'll I'll get them to Feline if she really wants them, of me walking around the final battlefield, scared like a little kid getting rained down paint the first time. It It was a system shock for me, the final battle, because it was the first time I was in a final battle, not behind cover. Going back to something else, though, um, I I have I have celiacs. Uh, celiacs is uh, kind of an allergy to wheat, but it, it it gives you severe joint pain and carpal tunnel uh, and a whole bunch of other body elements. And one of the only things that helps me with my with my pain is adrenaline. And that that moment that I was in the final battle, and it is weird because I was getting hit with so much paint that it almost became white noise, and it was kind of healing. To the, it, it, I had so much adrenaline going through my body, my, I felt less pain. Does that make sense? Totally. So, so. At that point, I was I was like, okay, well, this is amazing. 
And then I went and shot uh, the final PSP that was at CPX, which was the wettest thing I've ever been a part of. <laughs> and I, I did shots right away. I, I think I had, what, 300 pictures under my belt, and then Paintball Media wanted me to shoot photos for them at PSP, and he told me that the pictures were horrible and that I needed to work a lot in the paintball industry in order for me to actually grow into it. And then he didn't talk to me again for two years. <laughs> and I just went to this event and the other event, and somehow or another I became good at this. But it all came down to the fact that photography for me uh, I, I saw as more of a healing thing for myself and not so much as a benefit to the players, which it kind of has become. But I just went out to do it to have fun, and I don't know how Inspire has grown the way it has. I mean, obviously now I'm on a radio show in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> and not only are you on a radio show in Florida, but, I mean, I don't know about... Other people, but I can tell you that the people who have talked to me about you are inspired by you. There are people here on Facebook Live saying things like, you can actually grow the sport more than any of us can through what you show through your lens. Well, so I'm going to have to go back and read some of these comments. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some good stuff going on in the, in the chat here, and I'm trying to follow some of these conversations in here, but... Yeah, I mean, it's, people respect you and what you do. But it's interesting that tonight started off with the question of do kids belong in our sport because there's a group of kids who absolutely adore you, who you took, you were able to capture moments that um, were defining for these kids in those, for this being their first event. But not only for the kids, think about the pride that, I don't know if you even know the pride that players feel when they see a photograph, especially a good photograph of them at an event, and the disappointment when they've gone through all of the photos to find there's not a picture of them from the event. But for some of the pictures, I mean, I have heard anywhere from children, young children, well, probably 10 years old since that's how they're supposed to be to be there, but in the event of Reaper's kissing, uh, our kids shoot out. You know, so you've got five-year-olds who are seeing pictures of themselves with that watermark on it, and even the photos without a watermark. They're seeing themselves out on the field. They can actually see what they were doing. And adults who are looking for this, adult women, adult men, of all ages, by the way. I'm not talking about this 18-year-old. 18 to the age, the, the highest age that's out there, and I've definitely seen players out there in their 70s, are so excited to get these photos. And those moments that are captured, um, I can tell you that when I was, anytime I'm on the field and I have either a camera or my phone with me and I see photographers, if there's an opportunity that I can pull my phone out um, and take a picture of the photographer out in the field taking pictures, I try to. Um, and I've you, you know, I have this. I have this uh, story. You know, I was at, I think it was Living Legends eight or nine. I don't remember which one it was, 
but I was back back on the uh, the road, and I think I was by uh, Jungles of Doom, and I was I was walking back. I was exhausted. I had so much sweat and paint inside my mask at that point that I could barely see. And you know, players don't don't get that a lot because when the players get shot, they get to walk off the field and clean off. But photographers have the problem along with refs that they get so much paint accumulated on their head that it sweats into their face. And so I was at a point that I was, I was done being on the field. I needed a break. And so I was walking off the field. I could barely see. And I just happened to pass this guy who was, and he was random guy in camo, you know, not somebody who would, you would notice. But the thing that stood out for me with him was that he was, he was walking with a cane. So he was playing paintball, carrying a cane and a Tipman. And I'm like, there's no way I'm I'm going to pass this guy and let him out or without getting a picture. So I passed the guy, kind of opened my eyes through all the paint that was inside my mask, and I took uh, three pictures of him, all of which were the worst three pictures I've ever taken. <laughs> and I got back, and it was, was several days later I got to the pictures at home, and they were horrible. And I'm like, okay, well, I can't not post a picture of this guy. So I picked the best of the three, which I still cringe because the fact that my logo is on a picture that was that horrible and posted it online. And I didn't think too much of it. Just, you you know, I, I hate posting pictures that are not up to my quality, but I posted it. And I don't know why I felt I had to, because I mean, he was random guy in camo. The only thing that stood out to him was this cane but I posted it and I got a message a couple days later and it was from that guy. And he said that he had been playing paintball for over 25 years. And I was the first person to ever take a picture of him on the field. And that, uh, and that it was something special that he will never forget that he stood out enough for me to want to take his picture. And, you know, I get I get messaged dozens of times after games. Uh, when will the pictures be up? It's the running joke of the paintball photography world. Uh, when will the pictures be up? Did you get a picture of me? I was wearing the white mask. <laughs> Stuff like that. And every single photographer gets these questions. And it's one of the reasons uh, that I, I we kind of put together this chat that is called Group W that I'll talk about in a little bit, too. Uh, is that we kind of formed a support group, but we get those pictures all the time or uh, questions all the time. And it's the little ones that you just send a photographer a, you know what, I really appreciate what you're doing. And I, I, let, let's get the girls in here, the, the we appreciate you hugs and stuff. And that stuff makes a difference to us because, I mean, the refs get all the credit at these um, events and they really do need the credit. They are out there. They are putting their bodies on the line to make sure that the game is run safely and efficiently. But the photographers are out there with thousands of dollars of equipment that is, has no place on a paintball field. And, mm -hmm. you know, we always hear the thanks to the refs and we hear the thanks to all the players who came out. And then there's a pause and the speech continues without us being mentioned. And, you know, 
it, it, it's weird for us to be because we're not part of the game. We 100% are not part of the game, but we're there, and we have to be out there because the events need us to be out there. Paint or for, paintball has grown in the amount it has specifically because the media is out there documenting it and making people aware that this sport is as awesome as it is. And games like Living Legends would not have grown in the capacity that it has without people like Spaniel, myself, Gary Baum, um, as Social Paintball, all these big brands who are producing all these media. It sounds like we've got a lot of new people on the line. So let me um, introduce a couple of callers who are on here. So party. So eight to eight, who's this? Hello. Hello. Eight to eight, who's this? <laughs> Hello. This is Gay Aponte from Your GA Photos. I'm on here too. Hi, Gay. Thanks for joining us. Let me bring on a couple more people. Area code nine four one, who's this? It's Jessica from Black and Blue Photography. Hi, Jessica. Thanks for joining us. Give me a second. We're going to bring on some other people. Area code 406. Uh, Brandon Ostemiller from Rocky Mountain Photography. Hey, Brandon. Thanks so much for joining us. Give me just a second. And area code 412. Who's this? Area code 412, who's this? Rick Cop from the command, brother. Hey, Hello. how are you? How are you? Great, thanks for joining us. Okay, well, we've got a bunch of new people to add to this conversation, Zach, so please stay with us because... Um, well, I know a bunch of these people. You should know just about all of these people who are on here, actually. And it's funny that you're finally with us, Rick Top, because one of the topics that we were talking about earlier was that people need to expect, especially at paintball events, that there are cameras rolling at all times. And right. one of the things we talked about was um, Living Legends and the infamous video that you and your brother caught that was live, and it didn't matter that the photographer was willing to delete the photos. It was live. It was there, and there was it was not going away. So, um, and one of the things that Zach was just saying, I, I think you were on hold while he was talking about it, was that the amount of media coverage that is at events now is really what's helping the sport to grow, and what media is goes so much farther now than just our photographers and still photos that they're catching on the field, but it is the people who are reporting on and off the field, be it through their personal blogs, their personal websites, or through their media and their shows. And, um, I mean, you are a prime example of capturing something, and it's just a reminder to everybody, um, if you don't want the public to know about it, don't do it. So I'm thrilled that you were able to join us. Um, do you yeah, I was here earlier. I was I was listening to uh, the show earlier, and I had to jump off and get back on. But I was listening to about uh, kids and paintball, and should we, you know, I I was thinking that 
Paintball is an adult sport. The kids play just like football. It's an adult sport. The kids can play. You know what I mean? And um, there should be games tailored to adults, and there should be games tailored to children. And that, to me and my my brother were doing at the field we were working at, we were tailoring our games to basically kids and beginner players. So when they got to the scenarios, they were no, they were they were already know what they're going to be in for. Exactly. And that's kind of what we were talking about at the end of that segment earlier was um, making adult versus the games for something. So you and your brother definitely have an interesting perspective to bring to it because you've already been doing that. been making that right. great work for you all in Pittsburgh. Right. So, Hello? Hello? I want to give yeah, I can hear a you. Shout, out, shout out to our photographers who are on here. We're going to ask Brian the same question that I asked Zach Arbuckle. Um, today, we're going to start with you. Today, if you would tell everybody who you are, where you're at, and then your photography. Um, my name is Gaya Ponte. Um, your GA photos. I'm out of Taylorsville, North Carolina, which is uh, over in the near Command Decision War Game Center, which is where I spend a lot of time. Now, Gay, my understanding is your entire family plays paintball, correct? Or if not plays paintball, all of you can get out on the field at the same time. Well, this last game at the red and uh, blue game over at Command Decisions, um, the entire family was there, and um, both my children are on the same team, and my husband came out and played that day. Now, whether he'll make it again, I'm not sure. The heat was uh, was rough. <laughs> but um, it's not going to stop me. I, I really enjoy it. I get to spend time with um, my adult children, and um, I've grown to to love the game as much as them, just in a different uh, different way <laughs> by shooting the photographs. So. so, what brought you into paintball photography? Um, both my children encouraged me to to do this. Um, I've been shooting photographs pretty much my whole life, uh, like Zach, and um, I just got brave back in um, 2016 and stepped out on the field, and I was terrified, and um, <laughs> I'm still terrified when I get out there, And um, but it, it it it's like he said, it, you get an adrenaline rush from it, and my challenge is just to try to get a photograph of every player that I see and try to uh, make a memory for them. And that, for me, that's what it's all about to, uh, for for the players and um, for their families and just to uh, have fun and enjoy the sport. Well, I know that it was neat for me to be out on the field and I was playing against your daughter and you were out there taking photos on both sides and your husband was out there with the tank squad and your son was out there and it was just nice to see. We talk often about uh, young kids when we're talking about parents going out with their kids on 
this show, and we're usually focused on, you know, the little ones, but you have grown children. So we also talk about there not being an age limit in paintball, and this is just an amazing way that you all can branch out. And while you yourself may not play the game, you are out there, and I think we're going to hear from some of our other photographers. It's a way for them to be out there with their uh, spouses who play the game, and they themselves may not want to play but they enjoy being behind the camera. So um, let's, let's hear from Jessica. Um, Jessica Colbert, are you there? I'm here. So tell everybody who you are, please, and where you're from and the name of your um, photography group. Um, I'm Jessica Colbert. Um, I'm partnered up with uh, one of my best friends, Heather O'Berry, who can't be on tonight. We have black and blue photography. Um, we're out of Florida. Um, I'm from Bradenton. She's from Tampa. And we, both of our significant others, play for Team BBK. So that's how we got started doing this um, with Low Country Paintball. We go up there and we started off exclusively for them um, and for the team, but kind of started to branch out and um, have gone to different events, typically with Team BBK. My husband, Mike, plays with them, and that's how I got into it. I was camp mom for a while um, when he would go and he would play, and I would take care of the campsite. You know, I would cook the meals and do that kind of stuff. But I wanted to be involved. Tried playing a couple times, wasn't really into it, but I liked being out there. So went and bought a couple of cameras and got started events which was at low country and was scared to be out there because i was scared my cameras were going to get hit but i'm like i'm going to do this i'm going to make it work and i've been doing it for about two years and it's been a lot of fun and you get awesome photos um jessica has photographed me out on the field and i'm always excited when i see her uh, out there so you know i i like that this is another way for people to get involved. And you mentioned that you were camp mom for a while. And that's mm-hmm. another important role. We've discussed week over week, not only who takes care of the kids at the field, but who takes care of camp, who takes care of the guys, and what happens when you're a girl player um, and you need a camp mom uh, to take care of you. So however it is that players are getting out there or that families are able to get out there, we just want you to come out. So here we have the example two women who are going to participate in an activity with their family and it's working out, you know, really nicely for them. I have to ask you, do either of you um, get paid to go to events? Gay, do you charge, do you get paid to go to the events? Do teams ever pay to have you um, follow them and you do team photo shoots with them? Do you charge for your photos? No. Uh, no one's no one's uh, ever uh, paid me for um, going on the field and never charged uh, a player for um, a photograph. Um, I just do it purely for uh, just for the players and their family. I, I enjoy it. It's, it's, I get as much fun out of it as, as they do, so um, I, I don't feel like I can charge. <laughs> and I, I've been paid I think twice in the time that I've uh, been taking pictures I have never been paid by the field but um, or 
but I've had players that have contacted me after that wanted photos that weren't watermarked um, or that were like the high resolution. Cause I usually post all my stuff on Facebook and that's not a high res picture. If they want something better quality, um, they can contact and then we work out something depending on how many pictures they want. So that's what I've done so far. I'm going to get to Brandon and ask him about it. I'm going to check back in with Zach on the similar question. But just a few nights ago, I was on Reaper's Shoot You Soon Radio. For those of you that don't know, I do a weekly segment on Reaper's show called Celine on the Scene where I report about paintball news. And we were talking specifically about, as you're saying, a team um, hiring somebody, the Houston Heat, I'm sorry, the Hawaiian Heat um, for their 2018 season hired Fantastic to cover everything that they were doing on and off the field as well as for their D4 line. So they wanted to make sure that they had video as well as still photography of that captured the entire season. And so they basically got their own reality TV crew to follow them around. And I have definitely seen teams who will hire a photographer to go out to events. So I know it's not out of the realm of possibility um, for teams to pick you up as, as their team photographer. As a matter of fact, Brandon, who is on hold, I keep muting him out because he's got background going in there. But Brandon is a team photographer for the Valley Girl Ballers, and I had the privilege to see Brandon when he traveled with the Valley Girls from Montana to North Carolina for a game. Uh, and then, Zach, we're going to circle back to you because obviously you uh, traveled to some of the biggest games as a photographer, so I want to hear from you as well. But Brandon, Oscar Miller, if you would please introduce yourself to everybody and let them know where you're where to find you on um, this is Brandon Osmiller from Rocky Mountain Photography and um, from Bozeman, Montana. So you are not only a paintball photographer, you are a regular photographer too, right? Because I've seen some of your work and it's gorgeous. Animals, nature. Yes, um, that's, that's how... Um, James uh, found me. Uh, he liked my work, and it went from there. And so what so. is your role with the Valley Girls? Because I know that you've traveled with them before. You've done photo shoots with them. I've seen your photos online. I've seen them cross-posted to the companies that the girls are representing you know, goods from. What is that like traveling with a team? Um, it's it's amazing, you know, get to see what, you know, paintball life is like. And so how does that differ? I mean, you know, we, you went on the team. Let me back up for a moment. When Brandon came with the Valley Girl, we had him um, not just be a Valley Girl photographer for the weekend, he was also a road dog based photographer for the weekend. How did you choose who to follow or where to go? There were so many people, and there's one of you, and there were, you know, 18 of us. Um, I I just tried to, you know, walk walk the field, and when I uh, saw something I liked, I I tried to capture it. I mean, there were times that we were off the field, 
we'd be asking, we're saying, has anybody seen Brandon? Is Brandon okay? And everyone's like, I don't know. And then somebody come back and say, oh, yeah, he's just taking photos of us over there. I mean, you stayed out on the field the whole day while everybody else kept coming back in. So we never really knew exactly where you were until we found you. Um, but, I mean, you were there tracing through the woods with everybody the whole day. I mean, putting your body through almost the same workouts that the players are. Yeah, it was, it was, being from Montana, it was, it was pretty hot down there, you know, the humidity and all, where there's zero humidity up here in Montana. So, Zach, let me circle back to you on this. Um, you obviously travel to big events. You do the Legend Series. Do you ever charge for your photographs? Do you have... Uh, teams who hire you to go out with them? How do you become an official game photographer? Well, there there was a unique uh, series of situations that led me to become CPX's photographer. And then obviously from, and it was before that happened, well, I became CPX's photographer before the CPX event series came out. And then obviously they wanted me to come with them to go uh, do these games. So it just kind of came uh, along that I was hired to do these bigger games. And because they are bigger games, they wanted me to be the person that controls the media, kind of take something off their plate so that it's something they don't have to think about is how they put it to me. <laughs> one less thing they have to worry about because somebody else has. Mm-hmm. And it, it was it was very weird for me kind of going from a, you know, I'm just doing this for fun to all of a sudden I'm running things, and it's still weird for me. But, yeah, so, so I go out, and, and they hired me to basically make sure I know who is on the field and – uh, one of the things that I started doing after games, and I'm sure all the pre- players appreciate it, cue the Fox distance girls, um, is the day after the event ends, I make a post on Facebook that has a list of all the photographers that were on the field and where they're posting their pictures. Right. But then uh, what's unique in my situation and is something I encourage all the other photographers to do is talk to the field and say, hey, if you pay me X amount of dollars, instead of me posting the pictures online and players trying to buy them from me, I'll post them online for free and they'll have your logo on the picture. Mm-hmm. So that way... You're getting you're getting paid in advance. You don't have to worry about the players trying to nitpick five dollars off you at a at a time, and then the fields get their credit for their event and and uh, you know their location on your photographs, which are obviously only meant for profile pictures on Facebook. Right. I mean. There's definitely photographers who will then change the resolution for you. There was a photo that was, there were photos taken of me in North Carolina that I reached out to the photographer and said, "These are my favorite pictures that have ever been taken of the field, and I would love to take a photo of And he said, 
taking back high-resolution photos. Um, you know, but I guess that that's up to each individual photographer because I also had a situation with a photographer where I purchased a photo, used that photo for a charity event, and then the photographer came back to me and said, no, I charge a much different price for things that go commercial use. And I said, well, it was a charity event. And he said, okay, well, those are still $300 photos. And I was like, wait, 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 hold on. I paid you $7 for the photo, and now that you see it in a calendar, you want $300 for it? Like, you know, I'm not making money off of that calendar. Um, if I had, then maybe I would understand that. So, um, you know, I'm not against players having to pay for their pictures, especially watermarked um, photos. I, I think that players should, you know, pay for their photos. All right. All right, let, let's back up here uh, just a second. If you're buying a picture from a photographer, their immediate assumption is that you're going to be using it to maybe print off a picture that you're going to frame at home, but most likely it's going to be a, a profile picture or a picture on Facebook that you just want to appreciate them for, for what, what he said, $7. If you're going to be using it for anything other than those reasons, you should 100% just tell the photographer what you're doing with the picture so that that conversation never needs to happen. Nine times out of ten, they're going to be perfectly cool with it. But you obviously got the one time out of ten that a photographer wasn't. But you should 100% have told the photographer what the picture was going to be used for. And I get, I get questions every day that are messaged to me that, hey, I'm going to use your picture for this. Is this okay? And the answer 99% of the time is, yes, go ahead. I don't care. But it's always good to ask. Never assume. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was actually an important lesson for me because I, had, I wasn't even the person who had purchased the photo. Uh, somebody from my team at the time sent me a picture, and they sent it to me and said, I saw this and I bought it for you. It is yours. And I was still new to all of this. It was when I was first asked to submit a photo for the 2018 Women on the Handball Calendar for uh, the Raising Children's Hospital. And Shirley Caldwell put it together. And so I was looking at my phone and I had these pictures and it was sent. I, I sent that to her. And then I got an email one day from the photographer saying, wait, I didn't realize that you were using it for this. I'm pretty sure that's a picture I took of you. And so I was really coming at it from a point of true um, ignorance. I said, well, a teammate bought the picture. I mean, don't they have to buy the picture? And so he explained the process. And then I, of course, explained it was for a charity, and I wouldn't get any proceeds from it. And so he was cool with it. And it's a well-known photographer. He and I are very cool. He was very nice about it. Uh, he used to travel to all of the CCS events. But I still love him, and um, it worked out okay. But I don't think that people realize that there's um, maybe rules or certain decorum or, or what the process is, which is why I want to speak to some of you photographers tonight um, to explain it. Because I know, yeah, I was not trying to do anything malicious. Um, I thought that I earned the right to the photo. Turns out, I kind of did. So, you know, for somebody who doesn't know any different, um, you know, I, I again, you're, you're right in saying that people should, that should be a conversation. I cannot be a conversation. And now I am much 
more well-versed in how things, the business side of how things work with people people policy. But I'm sure there are many other people who would have made a similar mistake about what, you know, who owns the picture once they pay for it. I, I never even know that they're And quite frankly, I didn't even, you know, not all the companies pay for photos. It's really, um, some places pay the photographer up front and everybody gets privy to these watermarked photos. And the watermark, I mean, it's kind of like the seal of approval. Yes, we're really there. In Paintball, people say pictures or it didn't happen. So definitely having pictures is a big deal. As a matter of fact, Brandon... Um, you captured photos of somebody from Team PA who said that in all of the time they've been playing, they have taken of them, and now they have pictures of them. See, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Mike McInerney, he said that he's usually, he said that he's the old guy and they don't take pictures of him. He's just out there as a gunner. And you got a ton of pictures of him, and he was so excited that there were photos of him. Um, it was in our, you know, project group chat. So thank you for that. And he was really thankful for it too. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I just was trying to shoot, get everyone, but you know, you, with that field being so big, you, you don't know where everyone's at. So it was kind of hard. Exactly. It is hard. And so that's a question to all of you photographers out there, how do you choose who to follow, what to follow? Um, so I'll ask you individually, Gay, who, how do you decide where to go on the field? Um, I guess just out of habit, um, I just go to certain areas because I know where um, they're going to start a game at or I just try not to get in the middle of the crossfire but try to work my way around the edges and to stay out of uh, the line of fire as much as possible um, but it, it it's I don't know it's, it's just instinct sometimes you just kind of know where to go it's just being on the field uh, for hours and hours you, you learn certain fields and where the best place to be and where the action is going to be, and that's that's kind of where I, I try to go. Okay. Same question to Jessica. How do you decide where to go on the field? Um, very similar response. Um, a lot of the fields I've been to before, so you kind of know where to go. You know where the firefights are going to be. Um, there's certain places you're comfortable, so you know um, – you know, where your lanes are and things like that. Going to a new field, um, usually I'm traveling with my husband, so I'll tend to walk with them for a while, and then I'll break off and find other people once I find, you know, where the stuff is going on. Um, but it's a lot of it is just you kind of, even though you're not a player, you still are learning where, you know, where to be. You're learning to be like a player and be able to be in the middle of that, but not be in the middle of that, if that makes sense. Totally. So, Ms. tell me about the amount of time that it takes here, because 
for a paintball player, I, I know that I come back and I have my gear I have to clean. I have to go through everything. Heck, I'm still trying to clean gear from two weeks ago, some of it. Um, I know that the last event that I was at with you, Jessica, we were having a party on Saturday night. Surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. And yep. <laughs> you were inside downloading pictures, and you kept coming back out to us. And that was just to get, I think, the photos off of your memory card. Um, yeah. Talk about the time. I and mean, we're talking about having people put the, the, the stamps on the watermarks on these photos. How much time does it take you to edit pictures after a game? You know, while the players are saying, where are my pictures, where are my pictures, What's that process? Because I saw Nicola Hayden put something online the other day. There was a photo, and she said, this is why it takes paintball photographers so long to put your pictures up. And she said, this is the original photo. And then she showed the final photo, and she touched it up and changed, I guess, shading or brightness or whatever. Um, how much time does that take when you're talking about anywhere from hundreds to thousands of pictures? Jessica, what's oh, that she- Um. Well, this this last game, the Goonies game that you're talking about, um, it was the first time I had done things that way. Like I would go, like I would go out and shoot, and then I'd go. I had my computer with me. I would go load the com- the pictures right then. That way, I'd have folders. It would be a lot easier to go through. Um, it can take hours to days, depending on how many pictures I take. Um, plus, I have a full time job, so I'm fitting it in between that, and I have you know a special needs son, so I'm fitting it in with that. So. Um, you know, this last time it was probably the the easiest, I actually still have two albums I haven't posted, but, um, (laughs) but, you know, I would say it takes a good week to get through everything for me, but that's just when I'm taking pictures by myself. When I have Heather with me, we have way more pictures and it takes me longer. Um, Zach's probably the really good one to talk about how long it takes because I know you're the one that's always posting about where are my pictures, where are my pictures, so. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, but yeah, it, it takes time. What is that process, Zach? I mean, putting all of the watermarks onto it, zooming in on somebody, making sure that you catch, you know, the right spot so that we can see that there's a ball flying above somebody's head as Brandon caught for me. Um, just some of the pictures that I've seen photographers capture, and even me myself, when I've gone out, some of the things I capture, it is just right moment, you know, to have your camera up. But the work that happens after it, what's that like, Zach? Um, well, well, let's start with um, my, my daily routine. So, I I have a full-time job. I have two children. I have a wife that I am trying desperately to get through college. Uh, and that, so on top of that, she's always busy with this, that, and the other thing. So with that, I have to be house daddy uh, to the kids most of the time um, in the afternoons. So my photo editing time gets cut down to about two hours a day. Coming off of Living Legends with about 25,000 photos, uh, it took me about two straight weeks, and that was me not realizing that a weekend existed during that time. It was just me sitting at a computer staring at a screen. 
And then on top of that, and and then on top of that, I have all of little Alex's photos, photos by 12, if you haven't seen his stuff yet. And me and my buddy David from Dizotography are handling all of his photo editing from Legends so that he can learn things slowly rather than having to edit all his Legends pictures. And he himself took 6,000 photos on the memory card that I have of his, not including what David has of his. Zach, did you take two hours a day? Yeah, about two hours a day. Yeah, weekends I do about eight hours. Realize the amount of time that goes into this. I think that people really think you just stick your memory card into the computer and poof, voila, you hit a magic Zach button and it comes out with all of these, you know, watermarks on the bottom of them and all of the logos as in these albums. I know that for me, my stuff is definitely not nearly as professional as posting the photos I put up. I put them up there like, hey, this is the form that they're in and you can do with them as you please. Um, and and this is, there's something else that all the other photographers that are in this uh, chat with us will actually agree with, and there's a, a photography term called prop in camera, and it's really a mindset rather than a technique. And the purpose is to get the shot cropped right in the camera so that you don't have to open it later and change how the photo is orientated or cropped in the computer. And the worst thing... Uh, for paintball photography, besides trying to protect your equipment on field, is trying to get the photo framed right. Because when you're looking through the barrel of a photo or uh, of a camera, you're holding it an inch and a half away from your face, and you can't actually see well through the camera. Yeah, and I'm sure every single one of them will chime in and go, "That is one of the biggest challenges of this." <laughs> Amen to that. Not to mention the fogging in your lens. <laughs> yeah. And half the time you don't realize something that you caught in the camera until you got it home and on the computer, such as a ball flying in the air or out of the yeah. barrel of the, a marker. Or you're trying to frame something right and you're sitting there bobbing your head back and forth in the viewfinder so you can see the corners of the, the picture. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and I'm wondering if in paintball when you're out there and everything's happening so quickly, um, you know, how and where that comes from. I mean, people are saying here, I've got all in all, we need photographers focusing on the action shots to post on the scenario website. Uh, and also they're saying that people would pay to see themselves in the middle of an action shot rather than behind um, a bunker. So, That's a choice you know, that a player has to make. If they see a photographer, they 100% need to get off their butt and move. <laughs> Tactical posing. I definitely have, and that's one of the things that I was saying about Jessica before. I did absolutely see her on the field and flagged her down. I was like, Jessica, I'm over here. And I kind of almost gave my position away, but I was okay with it because, well, then we did get firefights. But to some extent... Um, to some extent, you know, you have to get in front of the photographers, which then brings up the, are you posing for a photographer if you see a photographer there versus being able to flag someone down and get their attention so that you can get them to follow you 
wherever it is you might be going. And just because a photographer is following you doesn't mean that they're necessarily shooting the shot um, that you were hoping they were going to catch. Yeah, I'm yeah, not going to take true. a picture of random person behind bunker if they're not doing something exciting, unless it looks like they're having like the most boring time ever and they have that face <laughs> through their mask. Then I'm going to take a picture of that. <laughs> yeah, mm, you got a good one of those of me not long ago. I did. Yeah, it was uh, Drill 3. You caught me just kind of leaning against one of the buildings, watching the firefight happen ahead of me that was just a wasteful stalemate. <laughs> and I was just leaning, <laughs> and he turned and took a photo of me, like, what are you doing? <laughs> it must have looked funny to me. <laughs> it did. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean... The one message I want to make sure you guys are getting, though, is that you are very appreciated. All paintball photographers, um, people on our Facebook Live chat, or every single person who is here is saying, you know, thank you to all the photographers who are out there. Thank you for putting yourselves out there. Thank you for um, for putting your equipment out there, too. It's something that you all brought up, the you know amount of money that you all put into your equipment that then goes out onto the field, and it can be ruined. And then what happens when a paintball photographer, you know, when somebody's equipment is ruined? Who, who's responsible for it? Has that happened to any of you? Have you cracked a lens? Oh, yeah. You... Oh, yeah. <laughs> My wife's wife right next to me shaking her head, too. <laughs> she was waiting for this question. <laughs> so, I mean, what happens? Do you all... Are, I have insurance. I pay a deductible, I get my equipment replaced, and that's the best advice I can give to any photographer. And I get message about once a month uh, by people who want to become paintball or want to be a paintball photographer, and they're like, what do I need to know to do this? And I say, don't. <laughs> and uh, then they're like, well, how? Do, no, I want to know how I protect my equipment. And I say, wear bright colors. And they're like, well, no, to protect the camera. And I said, wear bright colors. Yeah. Well, what happens if it gets shot? Then have insurance. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's the risk you take <laughs> going if, out there. If, if you have the mindset that you're willing to take thousands of dollars of equipment that cannot handle a paintball hit onto a paintball field, then you're a paintball photographer. <laughs> <laughs> And I guess the same is to be said with paintball equipment just in general because people's markers run, you know, $1,600, $1,700. So there's a chance that it's going to get ruined and broken out on the field, and there's not insurance for paintball markers. So oh. I guess that's your tool of choice when you're on the field. Yeah, but they're also behind the bunker. We're in front of it. That's true. That's true. You are out there, and you are in the middle of it. You are right, as I said earlier, I mean, in the middle of it uh, at sometimes the most inopportune times, and you are trying to capture these moments for the players. So uh, Nobody yeah, I, wants I, a great I, picture of the back of their head. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. Uh, unless they have an awesome team tag hanging from the back of their uh, mask and they wanted 
that captured for some reason. But, yeah, as a general rule, certainly they don't want um, a photo of the back of their head. They want to see themselves really in action um, out on the field. And so thank you to all of the photographers who are out there who are doing that on all levels, not just a scenario ball. Um, for our competition ball, tournament ball is out there. And also for the people who are out there taking pictures at birthday parties. Um, you know, we're back to the whole kids and where parents are in the game. And there have definitely been times I'm out of the field. Some fields send photographers out with that birthday party for an additional charge. Other fields don't. And parents are saying, oh, you know, I want to go take pictures. And so the parents might be able to get some photos of their kids through a net or for a little bit, you know, of the outskirts of the field as their kid walks by. Uh, but I've been, the bit that I have done with dabbling in photography, in photography on paintball fields kind of spurred from seeing a need in that moment, you know, a parent who goes to walk underneath the net because they think they're going to go take pictures of their kid and the mom's not wearing a mask. And I'll say, wait, what are you doing? And she says, oh, I'm going to take some pictures of my son. And they say, oh, no, 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 no. I don't have a mask or whatnot. I'll either offer them a mask or I'll offer to take their phone and go out there for a little bit and take some pictures or some video of their kids for them. Um, but, you know, that comes back to the whole responsibility and who's responsible for whom out on the paintball field and just helping out just in general. So I don't expect that every player who's out of the field is going to stop playing so that they can go and follow some kids around with a, you know, their mom's camera. But, being able to capture those moments, yes, people play with a GoPro. Um, and then I've heard a lot of people make fun of people who have multiple GoPros. But I have to tell you, when I use my GoPro and it's mounted on my mask, you can have a point of view of what I'm seeing. But I don't actually see me or how I'm posturing or the moves I'm making. And then I've seen friends who have the GoPro on their helmet facing out, and then they have a GoPro on their markers that are facing back at them. Um, you know, so I'm not against having the multiple GoPros. I've seen people rip on others for it, but there's definitely reason for it. Um, but that third-person point of view is unbeatable, period. I mean, you, you can't beat that. And some of the best pictures I've had taken, I mean, you know, I have to say, are obviously from photographers who are out on the field and they just happen to capture that right moment and thank you to all of the photographers who are out there capturing photos not just of us i mean i get to see my son in action you know we we're talking before about who watches the kids on the field and i'm there with my son he runs off somewhere i don't see what's happening and then after the event i can see pictures of him so i mean not just from me but from everybody in the paintball world thank you to all of the photographers who are out there and to all of the videographers who are out there and bringing this because it really is something that players look forward to getting um kind of like a, a perk from the event and as i said before people are disappointed when they find out that there were no photos taken of them we appreciate you i've been waiting for that <laughs> Um, so let me go ahead and I think that we are going to wrap up in a minute. I want to thank everybody who's joined us tonight, but any of our photographers with any closing thoughts 
also Archangel. I'm going to circle back to the conversation that we had earlier this evening, and I want to right. also put out a public apology. Um, I want to jump back on. So I forgot Charles was on here. <sighs> yes, Archangel is here. Uh, yep, no video this time. So we've got some comments coming in. Also, for those of you that aren't familiar yet with the Heart in the Paint podcast, Josh Martin, who has been on our Facebook live feed, runs the Heart in the Paint podcast. So be sure to go ahead and give him a like. You can find him on Facebook and also on um, iTunes and Spotify. So photographers, any closing thoughts for us? Brandon? Um, I, I just want to reiterate what Zach said. You know, it 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 does take a lot of time. They think we that we just take photos, and you know it's it's done. But it, it takes like a minute to two minutes per photo um, to to edit it after after the fact. Um, but it, it's awesome when you catch that that moment of a paintball coming out of the barrel, or or you know the the splat on a mask or something. I mean, I can tell you that those are, those photos will be the picture that you took, for instance, of the camp at night. People, Brandon was able to capture that our camp looked like it was glowing in North Carolina, um, and he took this picture. And there's just anybody who's ever taken a picture, and I think everybody's taken a photo with their phone at least, knows that you can capture magic that. In that moment, you're seeing and others can't. And when you're able to capture that and then share it, it's really a special thing. So, um, thank you is really uh, the best word I have to all of you. Thank you. You are truly appreciated for what you do. And for those of you who are thinking about getting into paintball photography, there are definitely people that you can um, – reach out to who are willing to mentor you, even if they're saying, if you're trying to get into paintball photography, don't. Um, <laughs> who, who, will, who will show you the ropes because there has to that be maybe a the best advice, of, but it's not the only advice. <laughs> I mean, it would have to be a next generation of paintball photographers, too, if, if we're talking about next generation of paintball players. So, you know, when we have kids who are out there who want to participate, who want to take photos, you know, let them. They're being creative. They are participating in the game. They are helping to grow the sport. And as Todd said earlier, you know, what the photographers capture is really what's going to help grow the sport. Sure, we can word of mouth and bring our friends with us, but they're seeing the pictures that we're posting. So, um, you know, again, thank you to all of you. Before that, uh, Jessica, what you do with the photos for Team BBK and the visitors who are there is incredible. So thank you for capturing those moments. The same to you, Gay. Um, It's nice to see whole families out there uh, together. It's nice to be able to see that a wife can come out and be there with her husband and physically be on the field and participating in an activity with him, Um, and vice versa, that a husband can be out there. Thanks for uh, having me on the show, and um, I, I appreciate uh, the players just letting me uh, 
be out there and be with them on the field. And I, like I said, I have as much fun as they do. And so um, I hope to keep continuing to do it. So but thanks again for having me on the show. Thank you for joining us, Gay, and that is Gay with your GA photography. So make sure that you give her a like on Facebook. And if you are in the North Carolina area and you're going to be playing paintball and you want a photographer to come out and um, follow you and chronicle you and your team, contact Gay, and you can find out what her pricing will be to have her follow you around. And the same for Jessica if you are in the Georgia area and Brandon in Montana. Or Florida area. I mean, look, people just need to know that there are photographers available. And while you all might not charge right now, if a team wants you to come out and just be with them, um, you know, you can charge them for it. And they would probably be really happy to have those photos. I mean, some of the stuff that Brandon caught for our team when he was in North Carolina, the team wouldn't have had otherwise. So thank you. It was awesome for you to catch those photos of us together. Yeah, and it was it's awesome to be appreciated, you know. Appreciation is is amazing when didn't realize how much of a family paintball is. Well, now you see what it's like out there and understand why we all go out there and I think that we've got you hooked in wanting to come back out and shoot some more games, so Oh yeah. So let me circle back to Archangel. Right, right. The topic that started us off this evening. Um, So, do you feel comfortable (laughs) with the answers that we were able to come up with? No, in, in as much as there is no clear answer. I think we all knew that going in. This was just a discussion opportunity, really, is the way I felt about mm-hmm. it. Um, there is no clear answer to it. There is, I think, the opportunity to look at paintball in multiple lights. The idea to have an adult venue, have a kid's venue, have interesting kids in the right place, have an idea when we need to have a little bit more in the way of guidelines. We have this tendency to try and say that paintball is what insert individual opinions point of view is this you know but paintball is a very big very vast and wide subject and we need to remember to try and accept that we can divide ourselves up into the right aspects that fit us best we don't all have to go to the same events and when they were listing off all of those different events had different themes and different maturity levels to it that's exactly the kind of point that I was hoping we could get across, and that is that there is a paintball for everyone. But that doesn't mean that every single game is going to be for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I would like on another night to explore what the Command Bros were doing. Um, they said that they were making you know, adult-only games in addition to the kids' games. And I'd be interested to see what kind of support there was And somebody said we're having an adult-only game. And um, while I don't necessarily support doing that all the time because everybody oh, knows no, that I believe that playing, I would certainly personally be interested in going to a 21 and up event. That could so, be fun. 
I, I think that'd be right? a lot of fun. That definitely makes sense for, you know, a personification of day drinking like myself. You don't drink. <laughs> I can't even keep a straight face at that one. Right? Well, no, I mean, as I said before, how we're, we're grown-ups who are going out for grown-up, you know, a weekend out and then somebody brings their kid. I love the kids. I love the kids. I, I love the teens. I love the little ones. But there were moments that, hey, you're not my five-year-old. You better go back to your mom. Bye. And that worked, and that's okay. Um, and we all help out. But, you know, in an event where that's not even an issue, and so we bring that mom who is usually who has their five-year-old with them all the time or who has their teenagers with them and say, you know what, mom, you know what, dad, you're actually going to get an adult-only weekend, and that might be a problem for some parents because they might not have anybody to leave their kids with. Okay, so they can't come to this particular event, but there will be other people who will go to it. Um, Yeah, I mean, even Sharon's saying she loves bringing her kids, but, man, sometimes we need a break. Um, Yes. And I love your kids, and so I'm taking a break from mine, and I have your kids, and that's okay. Um, but how awesome would it be if we – we've talked about it, Sharon. How awesome would it be to just have a mom's weekend? We're going to go somewhere without the kids. We're leaving your husband, and we're leaving all the kids, and I'm leaving my kid with his dad, and you and I are going to go to an event without any kids. And it's certainly a different feeling. And then there you are, and somebody else has a kid there standing in front of you, and it's like, wait, okay, my adult-only weekend has changed again. So it's not um, something about being anti-kid, as I said before. And there, it seems that earlier when we were talking, Ben got muted. I, when I was saying, you know, that I don't see Ben on the line anymore, he got muted, so he dropped the line. Um, and that was not at all fair to him, he was trying to rebut a comment and wasn't able to share his opinion. But at no point in time did anyone say that they were anti-kid or not have that that kids shouldn't play in paintball. Um, and it's oh, absolutely. Yeah. See, but at the same time, I just want to say, where when I go to an event without my kids, I have the choice of interacting with the other children or not. When I bring my kids, I have no choice because I need to be the adult for them. Ah, yes. Now, that was one of the things I think is a question mark is when we're around other children and we have a nonstop presence of media, do we have a choice to be the parent? It depends on the situation that's going on. I mean, frankly, when I bring my kids, like Living Legends, I don't bring my kids to the bikini contest because they shouldn't be around that. So if I bring my kids over there to the bikini contest, I do not expect anyone else to take responsibility for the fact that my kids are there. Right, right, right. And I also, I understand your perspective on that. I believe we've even spoken on that subject before, but more is the point, the collective community around you. Because people are real quick to look and say, well, that was something that this, you know, a stranger will point at another stranger and say they're doing something wrong because they're doing it in front of children. And I just oh, don't have see, time I'll for that nonsense. The fact of one of my buddies was walking around with his arm around my daughter because she was cold, 
And I had another team telling me that that was not all right and that society was not okay with this older gentleman having his armor on her, even though he's like an uncle to her. Mm-hmm. And you so know what people was actually who are looking happening. For the reason that knows what was actually happening. They're going to find but. the reason regardless. Right, but as, as we were talking about earlier, that instant court of public opinion when somebody sees it on a video, it's very quick for somebody to snap a picture of that and then to post it in some paintball group or to post it to their friends and say, you know, some snide comment, you know, like, uh, you know, she's under 18 or whatever. And then there's a problem because, it, and we've talked about this with paintball rumors and paintball politics and how it goes. You might be okay with it. You might know who the person is. You might know what the relationship is. But to be able to um, share that with everybody, you're not going to get everybody. And everybody is not going to know what it is. And, yes, that's a part that's of true, but at the same time, you have with the clothing we wear as females. If we go out wearing a pair of leggings, and we're slightly overweight, but we're we're comfortable in those leggings. We're still going to have someone look at a picture of us and go, "Oh my God, that fat ass shouldn't be wearing it." Okay, but that fat ass shouldn't be wearing it isn't the same as a guy who's possibly going to get in trouble because he was snapped in a photo with a child who's under eighteen years old with his arm around her, while he may have been her uncle-like person and trying to keep her warm. How people see it might not be as innocent. So um, that's that whole court of public opinion thing. And so people talking about the way somebody looks in the clothing that they chose to wear is definitely different than people judging a man for literally having his arm around an underage child. And oh, so I absolutely agree with that. I do. But I'm just saying it's almost a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. All of it is they make for the best conversation right and so I do appreciate you coming on and I again I need to apologize to Ben Painter because he was booted off earlier and he he says you know he's sorry for leaving you by yourself on here um, Archangel Michael because this was a conversation for both of you to be having with us and I really hope that we have made it clear to everybody that neither you nor Ben were anti-kid. As a matter of fact, both of you are very supportive of kids in paintball. As I said before, Ben was an exo to a 12-year-old general um, to teach a child at a kid-versus-kid game um, how to take a leadership role. He is also big on having women in the sport. He was the person who invited me to come up to North Carolina and general the game against Maria Aponte, Gay's daughter, actually, for the Access v. Allies game because they needed they were, they were trying to grow the sport and have two women generals up there. So, you know, we're talking – part of the reason that I invited you, Michael, and Ben on the show was because no matter what people think from the persona they see online, both of you uh, are about growing the sport. Um, from either side of it, whether you consider it a sport or a hobby, I'm not even going to get into that, but both of you are supporters of the sport who are helping to grow it, and um, I don't want anybody to take anything negative about either of you from this, because if anything, you're saying, yes, children have a place here, but let's just define what that place is, and that you guys don't want to get in trouble for, for instance, overshooting somebody or hurting a child, um, 
when uh, fact, the last thing I want is a uh, charge for contributing to the delinquency of a minor because I had no idea someone was a child. Whatever delinquency that happens to be, I mean, mm-hmm. it has serious know, ramifications. Whether you know, I could turn my back and walk out of my campsite, and someone could wander into my campground and be pilfering out of my cooler. But that's my cooler. Exactly. I'm responsible for that. That's why I, I'm, you know. I keep stuff like that under lock and key when I'm at an event if I know there's going to be a bunch of other kids there. Mm -hmm. But I really would love a relaxed environment. I'm not saying that every game should be like that, but I like the idea that was brought up of a 21 and up style game where I don't have to be afraid of that. Right. Right. It's it's a lengthy talking point that could go on for several shows. So I'm going to say thanks for having me on the show. I'm Thank glad I could contribute to that conversation. Thank you for having the conversation with us. And thank you also to Ben Hainter for joining us for the conversation. And I, again, am truly sorry um, that you were muted off or kicked off from the system. Ben, we want to hear your opinion as why you were invited on. So I hope that nobody out there in the Internet world thinks, um, like I said, that Archangel Michael or Ben are anti-kid. Both are very all about kids, and I think that we might have come up with something, and it might be a game to talk about producing, having, you know, an adult-only weekend somewhere. Um, We moms definitely joke about it week over week, so. um, I think uh, the idea of an adult swim game sounds like a, uh, a lot of fun. Uh, I'm in. I love it. And we will definitely talk about it on Thursday on Reaper Show. I know that uh, Maritime Milton podcast was talking about bringing this subject on this week on their show. I am sure that we will hear about it on Behind the Bunker and the Wormhole Show. And maybe even Valkin's going to talk about it this week because this is definitely a topic that struck a nerve with a lot of people maybe even hashtag triggered them a little bit, but it's an important topic and something that is for all of us to be aware of. So, again, thank you to you and to Ben for joining us to talk about this topic. Thank you to everybody who joined us tonight on Facebook Live as viewers and contributors as well as the panelists who called in. So until next week, I hope that everybody has a fantastic week and don't forget to check out the Hard in the Paint podcast, which will also be talking about this topic this week. So, um, as I said, until next time. Bye. Bye.